0: Small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can use it. Fun he can prove it.
1: Hey everybody. welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for All things Music, both new and classic. Way. I'm Pat Francis, and welcome to the Monday bonus episode. Joining me today. On the other microphone, he comes all the way from Billings, Montana. Please welcome a guy who does a lot of the Facebook artwork for us, Mr. Daryl Asher. Hello, Daryl. Hello, Patrick. You didn't tell me this was bonus. I thought this was going out to the whole Everyone gets it. The whole thing. it it'll just drop on a Monday. Oh,
2: okay. All right. It'll drop We're,
1: on a Monday. All right. I won't storm out then. No, don't Thank storm you. out. Don't storm out. So Daryl and his wife's Jen. Wait, that wasn't even a sentence. My wife's Jen. Your wife's. How many wives do you
2: have? I have four wives named Jen. <laughs> Jennifer was a very popular name in the mid-70s when she was born, so we just figured Yeah
1: we'll stack them up. All right. Let me start again. This stays in. I don't edit yeah, this out. Yeah, what are you doing? Daryl and his wife, Jen, have been staying here all week, and they've been having uh, quite a time. I-, I think you guys have been doing a lot of fun stuff.
2: Yeah. First of all, thank you for your hospitality. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. You let us uh, stay here every time we come in town, I think, so far. And he only charges $1,000 a night. That's a bargain in the Los Angeles area. We love guests. We yeah. really do. We love people staying here. So. so everyone just show up is what he's saying. Just show up, knock on the door. Um, yeah, we had we saw the Stones Sunday night. Yes. That was not why we came. That was your first night here. First night here, saw the Stones on a uh, what turned into a rock solid, uh, what do you call it? A the field trip a field is field, what I call field it. Trip. Yeah, field Siegel trip.
1: Yeah, with Mike Siegel and Tom Neuerberg was there, even though we didn't... Uh, Hook up with Tom and um, comedian uh, Mr. uh, Gary Brightwell. Gary Brightwell was there. I I met him for the first time. I might have met him before, but a very nice guy. And the Stones were great.
2: Yeah. Well, they were great for you.
1: You you said
2: the sound was bad where (laughs) your seats were. Uh, Just a hint, if anyone goes to the SoFi Stadium, it's a beautiful facility with an incredible audio system that the Stones... Did not use. No, they used their own system. Yes. And it was, you know, the the big bank of speakers facing forward into the crowd. Right. But we were in cheap sheets, cheap, shh, cheap, cheap sheets, sheets Cheap shit seats. Yeah, we were shit in
1: shit seats. <laughs> we were in
2: shit seats. Yeah. Up on the fifth level. And uh, sound is not supposed to uh, go up there, I no. think, unless it's through the uh, in-house audio system. So the sound was not great. Yeah. But <laughs> they were great. I mean, they... Uh, they were great thing you say. I mean it was
1: it was kind of unbelievable how good they were yeah. at this age.
2: Absolutely. Like I said, th- he looks like he's 78 and he dances like someone who's 70. So he's doing <laughs> great.
1: And he sings like someone who's 60. So yeah. it's terrific.
2: No, really. Honestly, if you walked in there you didn't know who the Stones were necessarily. You got oh, this is some you know mid forties guys. Yeah, you know he runs around, he dances around. His voice is is great. I mean, you know he's Mick Jagger. He doesn't have the range of Celine Dion or something, right? But he's he never been like that Mick type
1: Jagger. of a singer, but he sounds exactly like they yeah. they sound.
2: Yeah, it was it was surprising
1: how good they sounded, even in our our
2: crappy seats.
1: Right, so. and you don't go in there wanting it to them to sound bad, but no so impressed with how great they sounded um yeah see and i had bad seats too and then uh about halfway about song eight we were both like let's get out of here and we moved one level down and then we stood for the rest of the show but we were directly straight shot looking at the stage and it was a million times
2: better your first seats were way worse than oh our seats, because our su- seats were at least toward, the, you know, you could see the whole stage. Yeah. You guys were off to the side. Yep. And like, I, yeah. And you I even brought, even see the screens. And I,
1: I, I I have a pair of these big binoculars, <clears throat> big field glasses. And I took those and, you know, see and I, I know we were just laughing inside because we were like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Enjoying the show, General Patton. <laughs> I know, exactly. It was nuts um, how far away we were, but we, we remedied it and, uh, and it was great. Um, then last night you went back to the SoFi complex, but you were yeah. in the YouTube theater and you saw Bon Iver. Bon Iver, which everyone corrects me and says, no, it's Bon Iver.
2: And it's then Bon Iver. Expect, no, it's Bon Iver from what I understand. It's Bon Jovi. It's Bon Jovi. Um. How was that? Got my review of that? Okay. If you like him slash them, it was fantastic. It's a 10. Yeah. I mean, he, they're great. The music is great. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of... I listened to some of the stuff, um, but the well, the issue with a lot of the music and with the concert is he does not do verse-chorus-verse-chorus-bridge-chorus. His songs are very linear, and they can be a little hard to grab onto. Okay. Um, So, but I think this was also, excuse me, the first. I think this was his first concert since the lockdown. Oh, wow. So it was it was really cool to see.
1: Emotional? It was, was it emotional?
2: You know, that I, I actually was thinking about this. That was the other thing as far as the, the show didn't, it was emotional that we were there, that we were doing it, but his music to me does not like grab you and take you through a, an experience in okay. concert. If you are a fan, it absolutely will do that. The musicianship was great. It had great lighting effects. Um, and it was in a thing called the YouTube Theater, which
1: is the, quote, small theater on yeah. the grounds. But it's 7,000 people, 7,000
2: people, I think, is what seems. Was it, it sold out? It was
1: nearly sold out. Wow. And how was the sound in that venue? Great.
2: All right. Sound was great. And he's got another show tonight that sold out. Wow. So he's doing two nights there. So it, But it was good. I mean, I, I would encourage anyone, if you like them at all, and they come near you. Cool. Go go see him. Um, I don't need to see him again, probably ever. All right. Now,
1: way. your wife Jen, who yeah. is not familiar with the music, what did <laughs> she think of the show?
2: Uh, here's what I-, <laughs> I think. You, I think that's an answer. I think we got the answer. Well, we had a little bit of a plan going in. Okay, because she was familiar with some of his stuff, okay. and she's she loves his voice because he sings the duet with Taylor Swift on Exile. Did the plan
1: involve Jen getting a, an Uber?
2: <laughs> the, it nearly did, because I did tell her, I said, you know, because I've listened to a lot more of his mm-hmm. his stuff or their stuff, however you want to phrase it, and I know some of it is very melodic and draws you in and is just beautiful, but he's also very experimental. So sometimes it'll get discordant, and she hates that. Like She hates anything that's discordant, even if it's you know, sometimes you have discord in order to resolve it so right. it gives you this release. And she doesn't like that. So I told her going in, I said, look, I know I'm more familiar with his music than you are. I will not be offended at all if a song comes on that irritates you, if you just go out in the lobby or something. The, and we had aisle seats. <laughs> a song so. that irritates oh, you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. She's very, um, if there's something that annoys her mm-hmm. musically, like she does not like I mean- it, it it's intolerable to her. Right. <laughs> so you don't want anyone to not have fun or at least not go, oh, that's interesting. But she never went out and there was not a whole lot of discord in, okay. the, in the, in the playlist, but it, it was, I mean, my review as a non fan and just going because I happened to be here and right. he was playing and why not go? Sure. And, you know, I got all kinds of money to throw around for <laughs> concerts, um, you know, and accommodations, um, uh, so yeah, go.
1: 10 out of 10, will not go again. All right. That's my- Oh, it, and it rhymes. A yeah. review that rhymes. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> uh, you also went to Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. we uh, not, scary farm. <laughs> not Scary Farm. Yeah, Scary Farm. You took, uh, you initiated a rock solid field trip with me and uh, Mary Valeriano and Paul Gilmartin. And we went to the Pink Floyd exhibit, which yes. uh, was- way beyond my expectation because I didn't know what to expect, but I certainly didn't expect what we saw, which was amazing. So go see that if yeah. you're in Hollywood, if you live here, even if you don't like Pink Floyd, I think you'll really enjoy this because it's it's about the music, but it's even more about their um, visuals and artistry.
2: Right, well, it's history too because it influenced so much
1: mm-hmm.
2: of, I mean, it influences everything that's still happening today. Yeah. Um you know, the big light shows and all yep. that they're the ones who really popularize that. It also, it was better than I expected And I knew a little more going in Yeah Like I didn't know It's your favorite band It's my favorite band I'm wearing I'm wearing the shirt
1: You're wearing a shirt that you bought
2: How much uh, swag did I buy you at this about place? You th- bought over $300 worth of swag Is my wife going to hear this? Hey, is my wife going to hear this? She really doesn't care <laughs> <And> my wife <laughs> My doesn't wife it doesn't like a swag I do not want to be the cliche guy Oh, my wife doesn't <laughs> let me spend any money Ooh, Poor me No, she doesn't care at all Plus we bought a bunch of stuff at Hamilton So, you know, it evens it out There you go
1: Oh, you went to see Hamilton well, that was the whole reason we. I mean, look, you came here yeah, for Hamilton, and you stayed for the Iver. We came to Iver. See, we
2: came to see you. Well, yeah. most yeah. of all. That's very nice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we planned the trip around Hamilton because we had tickets in March of what year was it? 20, or May of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. The years are, are stupid now. Yeah. And of course, I got canceled for I don't know why they did some stupid thing where. They just canceled, they just canceled, every, canceled, they just canceled the all kinds canceled of Canceled all kinds of stuff. They didn't want people to have fun anymore. No. Jerks. Yeah. So they canceled it. And then when they when it came uh, came back available, we pre- figured this was a good time to go. So the trip was re- re- revolved around Hamilton. And we just happened to be able to see the Stones and Bonnie Ver and-
1: Not Scary Fun. Not Scary Pink Farm. Pink Floyd
2: exhibit. Pink, Pink Floyd exhibit uh you know is here through february Mm -hmm. now originally it was going to be through november and they said it's so popular they're going to hold it through february nice so that's good um but yeah it was great i was expecting it to be good because they're my favorite band and i would have been been content to just look at the props and like sure the big teacher is there right but no they give you these proximity headphones where it knows where you're standing and what video you're watching, mm-hmm. that, that where there's interviews and songs and and history, and you just can like turn to look at another screen just about it. It changes, it the changes audio the audio for you for what you're watching.
1: It was pretty cool. And by the way, the audio is crystal clear. It's not fuzzy. It's yes. not bleeding. It's not. Yes. They also talk about um, the album covers. Like I think the photographer of "I Wish You Were Here." Or wish yeah, you were here. Yeah, he talks. You know, Storm
2: uh, Thorgerson.
1: Yes, and they talk about the the guy that's on fire on the front of that album cover. Well, you know, back then they set you on fire. Right. They didn't, um, <laughs> yes. There was no tricks. They set you on fire. <laughs> so it's wildly entertaining. Uh, it's funny at times, and it's it's just and there's so many things to look at, and you can take yeah. pictures everywhere. There's no uh, you you're Sometimes those places, they don't want you to take pictures.
2: Right, yeah. They just don't want you to t- use flash photography. Flash photography. But so. you can take your camera in. And, you know, they don't want you to touch <clears throat> any of the displays. They don't need to manhandle them mm-hmm. um, or, you know, hump, maybe hump one of the statues That on Murray, the But Murray did. Oh Murray did! Oh he did! Was that Murray?
1: Yeah, that was he well. That was Murray. That? He didn't start it, but he did it. Oh. Murray was sitting on the what's the album cover with the the light bulbs on the yeah, man? Yeah, that's
2: the delicate sound of thunder. Yeah, live Murray.
1: Yeah, Murray thing. sat on the bed. So he actually yes. he, he you yes. really weren't supposed to do that.
2: And he had someone in that room with him. There were only two people in that mm-hmm. room, and he handed that phone to the other person. Was it you? And he looked around and he said, "No one else is in here. I'm going to do something illegal." <laughs> And he hands me, hands the other person the camera, uh-huh. and says, "Take my picture." And so that person took that picture right. and handed the phone back right. to him. Good job, Darren. Uh, and then someone else—I think someone else—did uh, what would you call it? Desecrated the the, uh, uh, the the statue, that metallic statue. There were two people, I recall, who desecrated. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, desecrated or the never. statue. Okay. Um,
1: when we, now the, the, where you buy the merch, it's a, it's a different building. It's yeah. outside, you walk down the street and you turn the corner and they have a really nice merch set up. It's a, it's like a pop-up is what they call it out here. Or maybe that's what they call it everywhere. <laughs> but they had a, there was a poster up advertising the, the exhibit and someone had graffitied it. They spray painted nerd yes. <laughs> across it, which made us all laugh because yeah, of course. That was great. Um, I went to an exhibit yesterday with my wife. We went to, I think it's the Peterson yeah, Auto Museum. That's great. I love that place. And this exhibit's gonna be there until October of 2022, James Bond cars. Oh, wow. And they had, they also had miniatures and they had they had other vehicles that were used in James Bond too, but they had all these cars. If you've seen Casino Royale and the uh, the car that flips, they wanted, they were hoping it would flip like five times. It right. ended up flipping like 12 times, which set a record. Whoa. And uh, they actually have the, the actual car that flipped. It's a mess. It's all beaten up. Wow. But um, they did have one thing that you could actually sit on and get your picture taken. Oh, fine. Like one guy crawled up on it and Pilar goes, oh, that guy's going to get in trouble. <laughs> I go, yeah, that guy's going to get in trouble big time. And then we looked and there was a sign, you may touch and sit. Oh, nice. So um, that was really cool. And I have to tell you, the, um, the tickets- to the James Bond exhibit were only $17. And we were in there about two hours easily just looking at, wow. at those cars. Then we go upstairs and for people of a certain age, you might remember the original lost in space. They have a, do you remember the vehicle that they would, the, the land vehicle?
2: Yeah. Oh, they had that there.
1: They have that there, but oh. it's, it's not the original one. It's a replica that has been that, a comedian paid to have built hmm. because he's a fan, so it's his. It doesn't. It's just to look at, right, right. But it's it's life size. It's got the robot in the back. The robot. The robot. <laughs> robot. <laughs> robot. I say no, robot, but that's how they said it on Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robot. Yeah. Ribbit. Robot. Robot. Ribbit. 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 and And uh, the comedian who had this built and and is it's on loan from his collection, Jeff Dunham. I've heard of him. Jeff Dunham.
2: Like- When you've got Dunham money, you can make- uh, And you know what? It's just like, land uh,
1: you know, I just- um. I knew he had a ton of money, but then when you see that, you're like, oh, that guy's <laughs> way richer than I ever even imagined he might be. Was there a puppet driving it or anything? Not like a puppet a p- driving oh, it. Okay. Walter was not driving Walter it. Walter was not driving How about
2: jalapeno? No, no, none of the racist
1: <laughs> puppets were there either. Oh, well, I'm disappointed. Um,
2: but the big question is, now you've never been to the Peterson, have you? I,
1: I might've been, but I don't remember that I was. Oh, they also have, oh, rock solid um, related exhibit, James Hetfield from Metallica. Oh. He takes cars and he works on them and he um he rehabs them, and then he gives him gives the cars his own uh flair or flourish or whatever you want to call it and it says that all the cars in his exhibit are donated, so it oh, sounds wow. like they're not on loan right he they're like here he they are gave them to the museum. and uh, I took tons of pictures of that and i'll I'll post it on the um on the Facebook and on the uh on the Twitter. That's it's big, pretty great. The big
2: question about your visit though is
1: how many Batmobiles were there? There were no Batmobiles. Well, no. There are cars in the vault, but you have to pay an additional money and then they take you on that right. tour. I've and been we on did that not tour. we did not do the vault tour today. But I've seen the Batmobiles before. Okay. See
2: so when we were there, um, we did the vault tour, but they had they had at least two or three Batmobiles not in the vault tour. All right. But then we did the the vault tour in addition. Um, and it was it was worth it. I mean yeah. It's a basement, you know? Right. It's just like you're walking around a gigantic basement That's and the cars amazing. are not really Shined on display. Up. No, they're just kind of parked really close yeah. to each other where you go, Oh my gosh, why I would not be the one want to be the one who's backing that car in six inches from the other car where you I can, know, you know, destroy a million dollars worth of cars and yeah. 10 seconds. It was tight just parking our Prius <clears throat> in the parking lot, so I can't even imagine. Did they mistake it for one of the cars that was there for the exhibit? They, were they did. They thought
1: there? it was the monkey's mobile. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, what was I gonna say about the, uh, oh, I was gonna say something mm. about the uh, the James Bond exhibit. I forget. There were so many cars there. Yeah, there were, there were way more things there than you could have ever imagined. I was uh, highly impressed.
2: Yeah, I liked it. The, my biggest memory of the vault tour, there, there were so many great things, but- Jen laughed at me because I, I went, oh my gosh, there it is, and it's when you see it, just among other cars, it's relatively nondescript, Mm -hmm. but it's the Green Hornet car from the TV show Black Beauty, Black Beauty, yeah, and I, I stopped and I. I'm looking at it, and Jen's like, what is that?
1: And it's go, more rare than go, seeing a Batmobile. Yeah. yeah. You, I said, that's Black Beauty. She's
2: like, well, what the fuck is a Black Beauty? And I explained it to her, and I said, "That's, I love that car. I mean, because yeah. it doesn't look like a race car. No. It's just this squared it's just off. Cool. It's a Lincoln. Yeah, It's just customized. And even as a kid who liked race cars yeah. and those kinds of things, that car, for some reason, was always like, That's that will protect me like my father. You know, <laughs> that's the car
1: I want to be in. The, uh, I think the James Bond is cooler than the Batmobile because with the Batmobile, there's like there's like one Batmobile for each movie and then the one from the TV show and that's it. Right. But James Bond, there's so, again, so many vehicles.
2: And he just jumps from car to car. In one movie, he'll have 12, yeah, he'll have 12, cars. 12 cars. Like, how does doesn't this care. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't care. Don't think through it too much.
1: And then they would have video clips of how the car was used in each movie and you would stop and you could watch those. It yeah. was really cool. I was really, really happy we went. I'll probably go again before... Um, before it ends in a year. I'll try to find someone who wants to go, or maybe when someone comes out again, I'll take them. I might be back in the spring or summer. Now, let me ask you this. Your yes, favorite pizza out here is Baroni's. Uh, have you
2: have you only had it once? Only, well, I've had it twice if you include leftovers,
1: but we only went to Baroni's once. once. Now, that's that's not a lot for you usually. No. You usually go more than yeah. once. Are you gonna try to go before you leave today? I don't know if I have time. It's eight. It's nine I in the know. morning currently. They We've been recording planning. since uh, you know since eight thirty a.m. You're leaving the house at three. Leaving at, actually leaving about two thirty. Leaving about two thirty. So yeah. you will have time. You know, two thirty. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to get, go to the dentist, and then uh, hopefully he'll fix you up, and you can have right. baronies. You'll right. have you you will have time to get baronies. I might get order it. I might bring it over.
2: I might. You're, it sounds to me like you want baronies. That's what it sounds like. Look, Daryl, buy me. I can have it any. Barone's. I can have it any
1: time, but I feel like I only get it when you're here. I really don't get Brony's pizza unless yeah. you're here.
2: Yeah, we might. I'll have to. I'll think about it. All
1: let's right, see. let's pivot into the topic today. The topic today. Uh, this is a Patreon only episode, which means only the Patreon supporters can participate. Pate. Participate. Participate. Pete is one of our Patreon supporters. He participates. He participates. He, he participates, he participates. Every time. Um, let me just tell you, patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast, two dollars a month. You can win prizes. I will follow you on Twitter and you can participate in these episodes. So today's topic is celebrity interactions because I've had many because of the show and just as a fan, and I wanted to see if you guys have also had some cool interactions or maybe had a bad interaction, and then uh, and then we'll play a song, you know, by that artist. And so that's what we're going to do today. But before we do that, Daryl, we're going to do a segment that we call First Listen. Mm-hmm. Now, I got an email from a listener, Ken, oh Now, your name is very your last name is very long. I'm going to see if I can do it. Ken Papalardo. Okay. It almost sounds like a name you make up. <clears throat> okay. Papalardo. I guess it's like if your dad's fat. He's a <laughs> he's a Papalardo. He's uh, probably never heard that before. So never. Of course, I always go for the easy joke. So <laughs> Ken sent me an email and it said, hello, Pat. I love the show. I had wanted to send you song number one, Life's So Strange, for the Cowbell episode, but was unsure if you would ac- accept an original song. I would have. Uh, although the name on this band name, wait, although the name on this is a band name, I am not a band. Just a guy in his early 50s still writing songs and recording them at home. So, he wants us to give his song a listen. What's his band name? It says... Papalardo.com? Let me see. Okay, it says the band is called Mount 1009. Okay. I don't know what that means.
2: I don't... Well, he's got... It's probably personal to him. It's personal to him. He's doing like a bright eyes thing. He's doing like a tame, Mm -hmm. Tame Impala thing where he's a dude. I'm trying to actually think of a... A name that yeah. I can put stuff out under, and I can't think of one. So maybe Papalardo will be my band name.
1: Why don't you? Why don't you just be Baroni's fan? <clears throat> maybe just Baroni. Baroni Pizza. Just Baroni. Just one word. You'd be like Cher or Madonna or yeah. Adele. Yeah. Baroni. Yeah.
2: Anyway, props to him for a recording. There's a lot of uh, elderly gentlemen doing yeah. that right now.
1: Uh, his uh, album is called So Strangely. It's got six tracks, so I'm assuming we call it an EP. EP. Uh, I'm going to play these tracks from Bandcamp. So you can go to uh, Bandcamp and just type in, uh, I guess, Mount 1009 or so strangely. And you'll find it. And, uh, you know, buy this thing if you like it. So, Daryl, here's the deal. First, listen. I'm going to name all six songs. And you're going to, just from the title, you're going to tell me what one you want to hear first. Then we're going to give... I'm burping.
2: Then we're going to give...
1: We're going to give our real opinion... We're gonna give our he I will even, give he, he real even, feedback. He even says it in the email. He says, "I am aware that you will be brutally honest." Okay, That I mean, sound like I'm a dick. <laughs> okay, first of all, first I'm gonna play the song that he was gonna that he was gonna submit, okay. and it's called "Life's So Strange." So okay, let's let's hear this one first.
0: Heart attack,
1: okay this is a first listen that song is called Life So Strange um I was enjoying it, except uh, uh, your vocals are a little deep in the mix. I like vocals when they're a little bit more out front. Uh, They're a little buried in the mix. I don't know if that's the effect you were going for, or if that's the way it's going to sound on the next two songs we listen to. But, um, yeah, I mean, 47 seconds we listened to, and um, I was okay with it. So like a good beat, easy to dance to thing from the old bandstand? So what did you think of that? You're a musician. You actually play Uh, music. It, you own a bunch of instruments. Yes,
2: I like to say that uh, you couldn't prove in a court of law that I play music, but you, I give you're it a, a shot. hundred
1: steps ahead of me. <laughs> well,
2: okay. Um, I I was listening to it with an ear for production, also because I okay. I do music in my right. office slash mm-hmm. spare room, and it is tricky. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than you than you think. And your comment about it being buried in the mix was uh, it showed you're paying attention too. But I didn't I didn't think it was too buried in the mix. Okay, cool. Um, maybe our headphones are adjusted differently. Mm-hmm. I kinda like I liked it. If if I just heard if I was out somewhere and I heard that, didn't know what it was, I would go, Hey, I I like this. All mm-hmm. right. It good. was good. I like it. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Um, I'm gonna say as far as production, because he is saying he's producing it himself. If I had any critique, and maybe again, it's it's just the way it sounds here. Is there's a little bit? I, I'd like it a little less hollow yeah. sounding. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's if he's put some reverb on there intentionally, mm-hmm. but that's just my.
1: And we don't know maybe. if that was just the production on this one right. song, or if that's going to be the production yep. for the rest of the album. So let's find out. Um, also, uh, I always say that it's uh, it's um, it's fun to judge a person's uh, art uh, by only listening to twenty seconds.
3: Ex- exactly. That's the way to do. It. So, that's,
1: that's how the greats do it. It looks like he's got another album here too called uh, "Ghosts and Silver Linings." So he's got he's got two things here. So this Great. is cool. Okay, I'm going to give you some song titles, and okay. you pick which one you want to hear next. I'm ready. Thought I saw it coming. Sixty second row. That's not a bad seat at a concert. Sixty second row, right? No, that's
2: pretty good. Oh, it's sixty second. Sixty second row. Oh, that's oh, okay. not good. That's no. But I bright. thought you were saying sixty sec, like one minute long
1: row. 60 second. Okay. Like I thought it was like someone rowing a boat
2: for a minute. Okay. But it's 60 second.
1: Okay. Uh, get well soon, comma, everybody. <laughs> Wonder if that's a COVID song. Could be. Uh, head above water, COVID song. Before we say goodnight, COVID song. Okay. So
2: which one do you want to hear? I'm going to have to go 60 second row. Because you- for some reason in my, in my head, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, candle in the wind. Where he talks about a second row. right, no, like a
1: the young man in the twenty second row. row okay,
2: in there, and that just I don't know. I like Elton John, so I feel like I'm going to love this song.
1: Now lyrically, I don't know this guy. I don't know if this guy's um, if, if one of these songs could be his manifesto. I don't know. Well, you know, let's find out. We'll find out. Is he is he a wacky dude? I don't know. I don't know.
2: If we play this, and all of a sudden bombs go off all around the world because this is the trigger. I mean, um, what if this is like a fuck? This could be fuck
1: the police type song. Oh, then I'm definitely in Well, I'm talking about The Band the Police Oh, <laughs> well, fuck them. <laughs> okay, here we go 60 Second Row Let's hear it I've been waiting
0: On this day so long I just but It would soon be gone I can't quite make
1: West, All, All right, I'll go first while you gather your thoughts. All right. All right, so we're listening to, we have headphones on, we have great headphones on, we have these Bose noise-canceling headphones, and there's, there's some separation going on between the right and left channel, but uh, for me, a little bit, a little bit chaotic, a little bit noisy in my headphones, a little bit... You know, like if if I had to listen to this on this song on a loop and they were asking me where the missile silos were, I'd probably give it up within about twenty minutes. I'd give up the information. <laughs> so uh what did you think of that?
2: Okay, song itself and remember, especially Mr. Papilardo. Yes. Um everything has to do with taste. Like, you know, Bonnie Vare is objectively fantastic.
1: It sounds like you're ramping up to really uh to really be negative. No. <laughs>
2: but one of as I said with Bonnie Vere, some of their songs don't are hard for me. I like a I'm pretty simple. Right. I mean, I like I like a lot of really, you know, Pink Floyd is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song kind of has a thing with Bonnie Vere where I'm not I'm I'm not catching the beat right away. Yeah. So it's taking a little work, and for God's sake, don't make me work. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Art shouldn't make you work. It should just be simple and tablum, and you just ingest it and don't Mm -hmm. think about anything. But then when, what I'm guessing is the chorus kicks in, then I like that really good. Then it was like, okay, maybe when I hear it it the second time, I'll be more prepared for it. Because I kept kind of thinking, where's this going to go? It was a little noisy, and I don't know if that's the file it's a little little i'm playing it straight from yeah. the
1: bandcamp okay. site so if you went there just to preview these tracks that's how, that's how you would be. hear it
2: it was a little more distorted than i like okay and again i think a little more upfront and separation of the of yeah. the instruments and that is a tough thing to do so mm-hmm. you know kudos for how it sounds at all yeah. you know doing it all one person and by the way i like the vocals yeah and i like the harmonies and I'm kind of jealous of those because I'm I'm not a great singer. I've improved just by hearing myself over and over and feeling mm-hmm. feeling bad about my singing and trying to improve it. Um, but uh, I I like the vo- vocal quality. I like the vocals I'm hearing, like the higher uh, harmony in one yeah. ear, and I like that because it ma- gives it a wider sound. Um, but yeah, it's a tough thing to get everything equalized in their yeah. own. You know, there's a there's a joke with uh, bass players, and this came up with uh, Guy Pratt, who's one of the he's the bass player for Pink Floyd. Basically, he's he's not in Pink Floyd, but he plays bass for Pink Floyd. And basically, everyone he's he's played bass with everybody because uh, Roger
1: Waters isn't there on bass anymore. So he what? Is-
2: yeah, um, but they have a podcast. He and a friend of his have a podcast. Oh, actually, it's Gary Kemp. From Gary Kemp from uh, Spandau, Spandau Ballet. Ballet, yeah. So they—that's the guy who we saw live with, with Nick Mason. With Nick Mason, and he was fantastic. And Guy Pratt, all right, was in an So yeah. anyway, Guy Pratt.
1: Tangent time. Tangent
2: time. He had—they have a podcast where they talk about uh, as bass as a bass player. He always gets nervous when they bring a keyboardist around. Okay. Because he says, you know, the keyboardist can do everything with his left hand that I can do on the bass. See the doors. Yeah. So that's one of the issues with just finding what instrument belongs where and and getting the EQ correct and everything. So that's my – look, if you listen to anything of mine, you're going to go, oh, that's really sucky. This this guy's way better. So I'm not the expert. That's just how it sounds to my ear.
1: All right. See, now I'm thinking – I wonder what – a popolardo unplugged would sound like just him yeah. and acoustic guitar. I would like to yeah. know. Um, Cause the songs are solid. Yeah. The I'm melodies just, are solid. Yeah. I'm just, um, yeah, I'm a little, I don't know. I'm a little, you know, also more cowbell, more cowbell I mean, for sure. All right. So I'm going to pick one more song. Uh, Ken, and we're going to listen to it. I'm going to go with this uh, get well soon, everybody, because um, that's a nice sentiment for uh, everyone out there. You know? Yeah. Whether you're uh you're getting vaxxed or you're not getting vaxxed or whatever you believe, we want everyone we don't want anyone passing. We want everyone to, to get well soon. Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. All right. So here we go. From the album So Strangely, this is Get Well Soon, comma. Everybody. Let's hear it. Maybe this is an instrumental. First, just so you have time to think. <laughs> um, again, this is Mount Ten O Nine. So strangely, the artist is uh, secretly known as Ken Papalardo. That song is "Get Well Soon, Comma Everybody." Ken, that song has all the elements that I enjoy. They're just not mixed to my liking. I like the lyrics. I like the vocal. I liked all that music up the intro up until you started to sing. And then when you started to sing, again, I just need that vocal up a little bit more and maybe a little more clear. And uh, so maybe it's a mixing issue with for me. Uh, but then, look, someone else is going to hear this, and it's going to tick every box for them, and they're going to love it. So that's just, that's just me. But uh, again, go to Bandcamp, Mount 1009, the album is So Strangely, and the other album is Ghosts and Silver Linings. So check both of those out. And now, Daryl, what did you think of "Get Well Soon, Everybody"? Well, first of all, uh, welcome to Papalardo
2: Cast. Um, we're sponsored by Rock Solid. <coughs> no, I think ex- ex- I like that song a lot. I like the vocals, I like the melody, I like the lyrics. But exactly what you said, it's a mixing thing. And again, I don't want to sound like the expert because I'm just a guy. Right. Who, for the last year, has been struggling to figure this out. And one of the things I I know is. There's mixing and there's mastering. Yes. And in the professional world, those are generally two distinct professions that someone can be a fantastic producer, like names you know that are producers, and once they get their mix done, they send it to someone to master. Right. And then things get even cleaned up more than that. Right. Those of us who are doing it in our bedroom or our extra room or whatever, we are not going to, you know, for our hobby, we're not going to send something out to... Uh, someone to master it and pay them to do it. So we kind of have to figure out how to do it on our own. And I put up some stuff and thought it sounded pretty good. And then I read some things about, like, here's some quick tips for mastering. So I went back through and mastered, and I went, oh, that was sounded like shit. (laughs) (laughs) It really needed these other steps. So I would just say, yeah, I like the song. I agree with you. I'd like I'd like to hear this with like acoustic guitar and singing because I think it's a solid song. Right. But some mixing, maybe some levels yeah. are, are peaking too much and getting that distortion mm-hmm. which you sometimes want and sometimes don't yeah. want. But um, when every instrument is fighting to be heard, to be heard, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, on the old Deep Purple, Live in Japan, mm-hmm. there's a great line on there where they're talking about, can we have more sound in the monitors? And then one of the guys, I forget which one, says, yeah, just make everything louder than everything else. And I <laughs> love that line. And you can fall into that trap. Like when I've done it, like, oh, we're going to put some keyboard in here. I love the sound of this Wurlitzer organ. Yeah. I'm going to put some uh, Fender guitar on top of it. I love the sound of that. Let's crank that up. And then before you know it, everything is, is fighting for a space. Yep. So it takes some discipline to go, you know less is more sometimes
1: yeah. by the so, way everything louder than everything else is also a meatloaf song written by jim steinman it's a great song yeah based yeah. on that stage patter i'm sure all right ken i hope we didn't uh, i hope we didn't disappoint and um keep doing what you're doing and again if that's the sound you're going for then you're nailing it and if that's the sound you, that people like then they're gonna go buy that album over at Bank camp i would be so.
2: curious of the technical aspects if you want to DM me on Twitter or something.
1: There you go. I'd Hook up to, with Daryl on Twitter, chat, and, um, and learn from me, or other. Facebook. Can he find you on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Easy to find. Daryl, uh, your picture's up at most of the post offices. Absolutely. All right. Celebrity interactions is what I'm calling this. Um, I think David Letterman would call it brush with greatness, but I can't steal that. Yes, you can. So I'm going to start it with a song, and then I'm going to, and then my song will be a play out. Okay. But uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to interject throughout the episode because, because um, I have I have I have way too many, and they're probably things you guys have heard before. So, um, speaking of that, I will. Uh, I'm going to start off <laughs> with a brand new sting that someone made for me, a guy named Dave Becker. So, before I speak, we should always play this. All right, here it is. You've probably never heard this, Darren. No. Here we go. It's
4: coming.
1: <laughs> Come on in, have
2: a seat. Pat's got, got a story a to, to repeat. repeat. Yeah, talk about vocals in the mix there. That could have been a little.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dave, maybe we <laughs> clean that up a bit. Maybe less bluesy. Hey. Maybe, uh, maybe more poppy.
2: He's a professional.
1: Now that I heard that again, Dave, I like it. I like the sentiment. Is that a word? Yeah. I've been using it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's a word. I Maybe do that a little more poppy, Dave. <laughs> I know you did it for free, but now I want it better. <laughs> He'll pay you a dollar. <laughs> All right. My first time, my first celebrity interaction was with my favorite band, Cheap Trick. And this would have been in 1990. I lived in Chicago and we looked in, it had to be a paper. Couldn't have been online. There was no online. And uh, they were doing an in-store for their brand new album called Busted. And I think it was in, I think it was in Downers Grove. It wasn't even in Chicago proper. Like you had to drive out into one of the suburbs. So it was Downers Grove. And I went down there and waited in line. Didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know what to expect. Cause I had never done one of these before. Um, I had a camera with me, most likely a disposable camera. <laughs> so you don't know what your pictures are going to be like. And, uh, I didn't know what you could do and what not to do. So, you know, they signed my CD, they signed my, I had the vinyl album and I got a big picture taken with all the guys, uh, you know, each individually, uh, didn't pay much attention to what I was wearing that day. I believe I had a bandana tied around my forehead and I had a shirt on that I could say that Linus Van Pelt would wear (laughs) in the, uh, in the peanuts. And I had shorts on, (laughs) I was really not thinking very much about how I should look in these pictures, but Uh, the album was busted and the single from this album and a lot of people don't know this in 1990 cheap trick had a single that went to number 12 on the billboard top 40 charts because it's a song that they don't play in concert anymore and um you know they don't have many top 20 songs this one's top 12 so here's can't stop falling into love
5: The
0: jacked up dress, she's got legs for miles, but her face looks a mess. There's always something for everyone, but love can be suicide. yeah, It's just what you've been waiting for, and it can't be nice Yeah. Can't
1: stop falling in love. Got a great baseline here. So they wrote that song and they were going to give it to Rod Stewart and then their producer at the time, Richie Zito, who's been on the show, said, you guys aren't giving that to Rod Stewart. You guys are going to record this song. What year was that again? 1990. Wow. 30 I, 31 years ago. I've never
2: heard it. Yeah. It's very poppy. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's cheap trick. It's, it's It does exactly what. It should do Yeah 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 Like it sounds like Okay I know what that's doing
1: But yeah I've never heard Yeah 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 I I love the line There's a girl in the corner With a jacked up dress She's got legs for (laughs) miles Then the next line I don't like, but her face looks a mess. That's not very nice.
2: Her makeup was just smeared. But jacked up dancing. dress
1: I like because it means she's got a short skirt on. Right. And I just like jacked the up way they do that. Dress. You like misogyny. We know that. I do not like misogyny. Oh, okay. Sorry, I I do not like I thought we, were on same,
2: thought we were on the same page here. Sorry. What if,
1: what if you liked misogyny? <laughs> what if that was your thing? That was your go-to? You know what my hook is? You know, I misogyny. love misogyny. Love it. All right, so now I ask everyone to try to keep their intros to about ninety seconds, even though I knew that's kind of impossible when you're telling about uh, a celebrity. Somebody, yeah, yeah, meeting someone, but everyone did pretty well, and uh, you know some of them go over, and that's okay. Ninety seconds was just to kind of keep you in check. So you if it know was, who you are. If it was like two minutes, you you were like, well, I was close, and if it was like five minutes, it was you're like you, were like, you fucked up. Yeah, you trusted us. Alright, so, uh, and some of these I will have comments about afterwards, because maybe I've met some of these people. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And uh, we're going to start with a gentleman who was here for the last uh, Patreon supporter only episode, Kevin Hartbarger. He actually stayed in this very apartment that you stayed in. So if there was anything wrong with the apartment, it's because of Kevin Hartbarger. it was disgusting. Yes. Way to to go, Kevin. Way to go. All right, so, uh, Daryl, what will happen is we'll hear the intro, and then it goes right into the song, and then we can talk afterwards. So, here we go. And Kevin's
6: really good at his intros. you're going to see. Hey, rock-solid friends. It's Kevin Hartbarger checking in once again from Chicagoland. For this I Met a Celebrity episode, I thought it would tell the story of nearly getting whacked in the head by a microphone being twirled around by Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon. I was working stage security and could hear it whooshing by my ear as he was doing his Roger Daltrey imitation. But I never actually met him, so that doesn't count. During my college radio days, though, I got to interview lots of artists in our studio whenever they would come to town on tour. Sometimes this really went off the rails, like when the black crows stopped by and it had a little too much to drink. Sometimes they were a real chore like when George Thurgood openly let us know that we were wasting his time. Real jerk, that guy. And sometimes we felt like we caught lightning in a bottle, like when Wire Train stopped by in October 1990. They were opening for Bob Dylan later that night, and they were the coolest, most down-to-earth guys. They brought their guitars, did a couple songs from their new record, Unplugged, right there in our studio, They answered our questions honestly, with real insight, and we really had a great conversation with them on air for a good half hour. Then they put on a great show later that night, and we caught up with them after, and they thanked us for our time and for playing their music. Just great guys. And I really thought this record would take off, and I especially loved the single, Should She Cry. Their sound would have fit perfectly in the mid-90s heyday of the wallflowers and the gin blossoms, but... They were about five years too early. So Kevin, Anders, Brian, Jeff, if you're listening, that was a fun hang. Let's do it again sometime. And Pat, as always, thanks for having me.
0: She had a tragic fascination.
1: Kevin, great intro, great story, great song. And now I am going to add to this story in regard to Wiretrain. If you were a fan of VH1 in the uh, mid-90s, you probably saw a show called Bands Reunited. Now, Let me tell you something. Pat Francis and his then roommate um, were hired to come in and help create bands reunited they really just had a title and they said yeah we just want to get like bands from the 80s and stuff that are broken up we want to get them back together uh interview them and get them to play like a one-off concert so um wiretrain came up because my friend at the time it was one of his favorite bands so they're like oh yeah we should be able to uh you know finagle that one for a uh, pilot presentation so we did we got Wire Train. We got to go interview Cheryl Crow because Jeff Trott of Wire uh went on to play guitar with Cheryl Crow and co-write a lot of songs with her. And um, so let me tell you this, uh, what we came up with for this show, every idea we threw out, uh, VH1 said, no, nah, we don't like that idea. No, we don't like this. No, we don't like that. When the show went into production, they used every one of our ideas and it fucking sucked because we were not asked to proceed with the show. They got a new host who was not as good as the host we had. And, um, and I loved the show, that was what was tough. I still watched the show. I, uh, I was bummed about it, but I wasn't bitter. But it was, uh, it's a show that I would have liked to have worked on every season. And I think what, uh, what we brought to the show would have just improved the show every year. Like some of the things they did, which drove me crazy with the pilot presentation. We show up at, uh, at, at um, the lead singer's house and, uh, and he opens his apartment door and we're outside the apartment door with cameras, you know, and we, and we, you know, get real reaction from him. Here's what we're doing. We're from VH1. Then after that, the producer says, okay, now we need to go inside and get a shot from inside. And I'm like, why? I go, I go, People are going to know that it's staged if we have a camera inside. That's just how it's done. I'm like, let's not do that. I'm like, let's not do that. Let's let's move up the stairs into his apartment and circle around in real time. But let's not cut to a camera inside his apartment. That's bullshit. They didn't like me giving them (laughs) that (laughs) note at all. So anyway, so that's what happened. But Wire Train was fantastic. We got to go to the show that night at the whiskey, or at the end of the week at the whiskey. And Cheryl Crow showed up and was just in the audience, and it was really cool. And Banter United was a great show. Um, that uh, I'm going to be honest, I always say I helped create that show, and I don't care. Yeah, It'd come at me.
2: Well, they stole your idea.
1: They stole the idea. I have the. I think I have the pilot episode on a DVD somewhere. I think I'm going to upload that. That would be cool. And I'm going to post it for. Our ten dollars Patreon supporters.
2: There's some great videos there, people, and some great cinematography sometimes on those videos. <laughs> yes,
1: because Daryl has done uh, no. some of the uh, camera work for uh, some of the earlier uh, Patreon videos. So okay. that
2: was a good song. I first of all, I'd like to hear more about this roommate, but with this song, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like uh, uh, Mister Papalardo's got the mix
1: really tight on this one. That's so not that wasn't that wasn't, was Wired Train. That wasn't Papalardo. Oh, okay, never mind. All right. Uh, Next up. Now this is great because this whole month I have been doing 31 days of Alice Cooper for my rock solid album a day. And so this next gentleman is going to tell us about meeting Mr. Alice Cooper. Old black eyes. (laughs) Here we go.
7: Hey Pat, Jeff Holmes here in Leawood, Kansas. Well, I got to play golf with Alice Cooper, uh, the Callaway rep called me and said they need a fourth and i said i'm in it was great so he actually rode in my cart a lot of great conversation his bass player and guitar player came along also um i actually won that day the best thing was he goes hey you're pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i'm like well i appreciate that coming from you now i know people think he was a scratch golfer at one point but i don't think he is at the moment but he's still good he's still single digit And we took pictures, all that stuff. He had a golf ball with his eye makeup on the golf ball. So cool. So I got Uh, one of those, and then he invited us to the show that (laughs) night and hang out backstage after it's over. But it was fun. Great guy. Had a blast.
1: Added his song right into his intro, much appreciated. You don't have to do that, people, but if you have the capability, it uh, it is indeed helpful. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of Jeff. <laughs> well, Jeff uh, Jeff has met a ton of people. He uh, he has the. Uh, he has the hookups he's met a lot of people so uh, oh. and I've met Jeff in person a couple times so oh so that's you cool have too. a celebrity
2: sighting too. that's right the, Jeff Holmes
1: the... I'm one degree away from Alice Cooper that's not true that... I've met Alice Cooper oh that's cool yeah look at that right there see
2: right with Alice Cooper and golf though <laughs>
1: yeah that's a, that's a that's a one-two punch
2: well mid mid 70s those of us of a certain age we used to watch the Mike Douglas
1: show-hmm
2: and I was a huge Alice Cooper fan.
1: Michael Douglas, uh, of course, the actor.
2: Yeah, right. Um, and I was so excited because Alice Cooper was going to be the co-host. He would have a co-host the co- for the week. How cool is that? Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to this. And you know, I knew Alice Cooper was a a character, but when you're a teenager, you kind of think, are they that person? Mm-hmm. Is he going to show up in makeup or whatever? Right. And he shows up, and he, he's just the most regular dude yep. there was. And he started talking to Mike Douglas about you know his life, and this is when he was trying to get over drinking and mm-hmm. all that, and he said, I have a new addiction. It's golf. Wow. So they actually, and Mike Douglas was a big golfer. Yeah. So they actually set up a, a driving range on the stage, and I'm assuming they put a net between that and the audience. Because Back
1: then, they might not
2: they have. They might not have. just You get a bruise. If you yeah. go to the Mike Douglas show, you might end with a bruise. <laughs> and I just remember this Alice Cooper just driving balls into the audience that's at the mike great. douglas show i bet you it's on youtube or something that because, is great yeah every day i come home from school i gotta watch mike douglas because alice cooper and i remember mike douglas who's super square dude saying well, do i call you alice or what do, what do i call you and he goes oh, everyone calls me coop
1: all right so he called him coop, coop all coop. week
2: so that's what i call him but i've never is, met him
1: um i was just thinking about this today uh he they pick the perfect name. Like Alice is just like yeah. the perfect name because it's not, now I, when growing up my grandmother's sister, so my great aunt was my aunt Alice. Yeah. But I don't know anyone that has that name and God, you would never name your no. daughter Alice in 2021. No. Would you?
2: No, I don't think so. And
1: look, if you're listening and your daughter's Alice. God bless you. <laughs> you made a mistake.
2: <laughs> well, they deliberately picked it because it Alice. was you know, all American name.
1: Yeah, but it's pick. such a name that no one has.
2: Not now. But I had Alice friends, you know, schoolmates in the sixties and seventies.
1: You knew girls named Alice? Yeah. yeah.
2: All the young you girls love knew Alice. Alice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming up next. This story, I love this story. I mean, I love all these stories, but this one, um this one I thought was was really cool. I don't know why. It just hit me at the right moment when I put this episode together today at six AM because we're recording very early. Okay, here we go.
8: Hey, Pat, and all the rock-solid listeners, this is Mike Markle from the suburbs of Philadelphia, and here's my celebrity story. Okay, it was spring of 1989. I was sitting in the Philadelphia International Airport waiting to board my plane, and I, I looked over, and I, I saw these four guys with long hair speaking with British accents, and I thought, these guys have got to be in a rock and roll band. And I looked closer, and sure enough, it was Mike Rutherford from Genesis, But he was with his band, his side band, uh, Mike and the Mechanics. So um, everyone boarded the plane. I sat down in my seat. And I happened to have a copy of Rolling Stone magazine with me. And there was an article in there about Mike and the Mechanics. And the gist of the article was um, the song The Living Years was real popular at that time. And um, I... It was basically saying how great the song was, so halfway through the flight, I got my nerve up, I went down the aisle, I approached Mr. Rutherford, and I handed him the magazine open to the the article, and I had a pen with me too, and asked him for his autograph, and he had not seen the article, so he asked if he could you know keep the magazine and read it. So I said, "Sure." So uh, after the flight landed, I got out. And I was waiting for Mr. Rutherford. It was kind of surreal that you know I was waiting for Mike Rutherford to find me. But uh he found me and he gave me back the magazine and the pen. And here every member of the band had signed it. So Living Years. That's my song. That's my story. So Take good. care. Stay safe, everybody.
1: That was a great story. Every generation
0: On your
1: door. was mike markle in first class or was mike rutherford in coach because <laughs> he said he walked back <laughs> to him so he I was in first class let me know where you guys were at on the plane mike markle also if anyone out there has the first uh, two or three mike and the mechanics albums uh, we transfer those to me. I do not have those.
0: Filled with imperfect
1: I've given Mike Rutherford enough money uh, by purchasing all the Genesis albums more than once. Great song. Great song. Great, Great, story. Story. Great, Great story. story. Great story. Now, here's what I want to tell you about that story, folks. You're only going to have one opportunity or one chance to meet people sometimes. Now, what can happen if you don't take the chance... Well, if you don't take the chance, nothing happens. Right. And then you'll re- be regretting it. You're like, ah, oh, I wish I would have went up to and said hello to Peter Frampton or whatever it is. Um, chances are the interaction is going to be good because these people got into the business to be a celebrity, to make music, to meet girls or meet guys. And to be adored adored, and well-known and, and to be recognized, they really did. That's part of what they wanted out of this. If not, they would just sit in their garage and make demos and never release them to anyone. So what I'm saying is if you see someone and the opportunity arises, you should take the chance because for the most part, you're going to have a good interaction and it's you're going to have a story to tell. And... Look, it's gonna be fun for you. It's probably gonna be fun for that person too. So are you saying don't throw away your shot? Don't throw away your That's shot. What Look, don't walk up to the urinal and say, <laughs> hey man, you're Billy Idol. Don't do that. <laughs> don't be a jerk. That jumped in my head because I was uh when I first started to date Pilar, we went to uh she was working uh for uh, for DreamWorks, so we got to go to a pre-screening of uh Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World at Universal. And there were tons of celebrities there. And at one point I had to go to the men's room. And when I went in the men's room, Billy Idol was at the urinal uh, and he was with his son, who was probably, I don't know, eight, nine or 10 at the time. And uh, I didn't talk to him because it was not the right time, but I was like, that's fucking Billy Idol. But you talked to his son. hey, (laughs) bud, hey, little boy. That would be creepy. Uh, And I told that kid, I said, misogyny's good. (laughs) I just wanted to pass that along at a young age. And, uh, and influence him a little bit. But, As your father has demonstrated yeah. for you. All right, coming up next. A couple weeks ago, uh, well, when Kevin Hartbarger was here and we uh, did the last uh, Patreon supporter episode, um, I made a joke that this gentleman was drunk during his intro. And I did my Barney Gumble impression when I would uh, talk about this gentleman for the rest of the episode. The gentleman is Michael Bagford. And do you want to hear my, do you watch The Simpsons?
2: Y- y- yes. Okay, let yeah. me know. Let me, see I what have, you think. I have watched the Simpsons. See what you think I'm of my impression. Close, close my eyes. Do you know who Barney Gumbo is? I do. I'm going to close my eyes. Okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to know once you. Uh, hey, everybody. This is Michael Bagford. Okay, stop with the recording. Go ahead and do no, it.
1: No, that was me. Whoa, what? Well, unbelievable, the lips right? We weren't even moving. So, um, that was really good. so I think Michael was a little upset about that. We've hashed it out. Everything's fine now. Okay. Oh, so let's hear uh, what Michael has to say about his uh, celebrity interaction, Mikey Bags. M-Bags. Also, sometimes Jag Bag. <laughs> Here we go.
9: Hey, this is Mike Bagford. Hey! Uh, this is kind of at the last minute. I'm still – I'm just getting over the hangover from my last uh, recorded intro for the last Patreon episode. Anyway – um My celebrity encounters that I did a meet-and-greet with the band UFO. Uh, This was kind of like a last-minute thing when I was at the concert. They had this package where you can meet and greet the band after the concert. So I decided to go with that. Really enjoyed the concert. And then about an hour after the concert was over, uh, me and a group of people met the band UFO. And they were really cool to meet. Um, I talked with Vinny Moore since he comes from Ohio like I do, so we talked a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I really wanted to meet Neil Carter a bit more since like he was very good that night, but I didn't really get the chance to talk to him that much. I like had a who's on first type of argument with Andy Parker, which was very interesting and it was really cool meeting Phil Moog. He is very cool. He, he was dressed up like somebody from the uh, 19th century. I kind of asked him where he got that look from, and he said he went with that look because that was the clothes that his grandfather wore. So I thought that was very cool. Uh, so my pick is going to be UFOs, Profession of
1: Violence. Enjoy. I don't think I cued this song up, Michael, so let me find, let me get to where there's some vocal.
0: No look behind me, hey babe, what we gonna do? No look behind me, glances, straight time, this time we'll take our chances. darling it's been so long every lonely hour
1: talk about some production
0: lord the sinner pulls the trigger and the world turns out whisper on the wind locked in silence profession of violence whisper on
1: all right, that's from my favorite UFO album, The Wild, the Willing and the Innocent and um and the E Street Shuffle. Different uh, band, different album. Oh. Uh nice try though. Okay. Um I think that's uh, I think the title is an homage though to Springsteen and that uh and that album, Why Am I Burping? <laughs> um so, uh let's uh let's do this real quick before I talk. Hold on. Hold on.
4: I
0: can only- See,
1: that's got a story to All right, so I've met UFO many times. Let me give you a couple of those interactions. Uh, Michael Bagford brought up Vinnie Moore, who is the current guitarist in UFO. I think he's been there now for about 20 years. Um, I had never met Vinnie Moore, so I'm out at the Canyon Club one night after a UFO show, and. Uh, you could, this wasn't a meet and greet that you paid for. You just go like kind of in the back room of the Canyon club and they would come out, they would come out and chat with you. And, um, so, you know, I'm getting some signatures and, and Phil Mogg came out and he's, um, he's signing. And he says to me, he goes, is there anyone else you'd like to meet? And I said, well, I've, n- I've never met Vinnie Moore. And he said, ah, Vinnie. And he goes in the door, and he goes, Vinny, and then like five seconds later, Vinny Moore came out and uh, and signed my stuff. They're always nice, always yeah. accommodating, and uh, just a great a great bunch of guys. Live still great, and in person wonderful. Uh, another time I met them was at the Key Club in Hollywood. I was with Mike Schmidt, and we're waiting behind the building and, and there's a drunk guy there just talking our ear off and we couldn't wait to get away from that guy. Um, and eventually I did get away cause I said, Mike, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go walk directly behind the building and see if there's anything happening. So I walk behind the building and the door is open like a crack. So I opened it up. Of course you did. <laughs> and I walk in and the, the key club is like on a hill. So, uh, The back of it's at the top of the hill. So when you walk in this door, there's stairs leading down. So I'm like, well, I'm just gonna walk down the stairs. So I I walk down a flight and I can hear a din of a lot of people. So I walk down another flight and then some more. And as I get down to the bottom, it's right outside the band's green room. And they're just having, there's just a bunch of people in there, family, friends, whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm this far. I can see everyone. I'm just going in. I'm just gonna walk in. So, I walk in, and uh, Andy Parker, the drummer, sees me, and he goes, "Hey," <laughs> and I go, "Hello," and he's like, "How have you been?" I go, "Good." He goes, "Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while." And I go, "We we've never met." And he said, "And he said, 'Come on.'" I'm like, "Seriously, we've never met." And he was, he was adamant that we met. So, okay, okay. all right. All right so he signs my album uh, for me. And then his daughters are there. They're like teenagers, are in their 20s. And he calls them over. He goes, hey, look at you, the old man on the album cover. Because he's really young on the album cover. Wow. He's he's a little heavier now. but So he's re- got a full head of hair. And, and he's thin on the album cover. And his daughters just thought it was great. They're like, look how cute you were, Dad. And he's like, uh, who else are you here to see? I'm like, well, I don't know. Who else is here? He's like, well, Phil's over there. And Paul's over there. So I go over to Paul Chapman, the rhythm guitarist and keyboard player, and um, and he's signing my album. And I said, uh, I said the first time I saw you guys was in uh, Pittsburgh Civic Arena, opening for Cheap Trick on the Wild, the Willing, and the uh, he's so Innocent simple. and the Innocent tour. Now he's not on that album, but I didn't. I forgot that at the time. And he, and he <laughs> goes, I remember that tour. And after the fact, I was like, mm, Do you remember it because you weren't part of the band, or? He remembers you too. So, yeah, he remembers me also. And then, uh, and then I went over to Phil, who was just sitting, having a beer and chatting with people. And I waited my turn and he signed too. And it was just, um, it was great. And I've met them, I've met them other times too. So it's just, um, UFO
2: should be in my wheelhouse. You know, I like prog rock and everything I hear from them, I like, but I never, I never got into them. But that song, that was a great song. And that would be, uh, The production value is good. That would be what you call a reference track when you're mixing and mastering. You put that in as one of your tracks and you compare your track to a professionally done track Uh and see how they sound next to each other. And
1: that's the first time- Tip of the day. That's the first time the band produced themselves and they were coming off of an album that was produced by George Martin. Oh, wow. So maybe they learned some tricks. I hear George's pretty good. He's done some things. He's done some things. All All right, moving on, moving on. I love this guy's voice. I love an accent. Okay. What kind of accent? Hillbilly? Uh, No, but that's okay, too. Okay. That's okay, too.
2: Here we go. You'd like my mom.
10: (laughs) Hi, Pat. This is Ian Beresford from beautiful Berwick upon Tweed in the secret kingdom of Northumberland over in England. For my autograph story, I'd like to pick the skids and the song The Saints Are Coming. About 20 months ago, I went to see... The singer Richard Jobson, who was doing a kind of um, acoustic tales and songs event. And he had Bruce Watson from Big Country playing on guitar with him. After the event, Richard was in the foyer and I went across with a couple of skid CD covers that asked him to sign. And I mentioned that his brother had played for my local soccer team, Berwick Rangers, back in the 70s. And asked if his brother was there. Richard called him over uh, so I ended up speaking to his brother for about 10 minutes and Richard for about a minute <laughs> and I just thought it was funny because it's maybe one of the few times that Richard's been upstage by his brother because uh, he's obviously the, the better known Jobson in the family uh, thanks again for the great shows and speak to you soon, bye for now
0: I cried to my daddy on the telephone how long now Till the clouds unroll and you come on the line well But the shadow still remains in shorty send your descent
1: Song is Saints Are Coming by the Skids. I don't know that band, but that song sounded great to my ears. Almost as good as the voice. That yeah, by voice, Ian Beresford. It's so good. I've um, heard
2: of the Skids, but I don't know
1: Yeah, remember I think I've heard of music. the Skids too. It sounds like pub rock to me. Can I label it? Yeah. I'm gonna label it pub rock. All right. At least that song. Consider it labeled. All right. Speaking of accents. Ooh. I think we might have another one. Here we go.
11: Hello Pat, and to all the rock-solid listeners tuning in around the world, this is Steve Perry from the beautiful Blue Mountains over in Sydney, Australia. Back in 2019, in the good old days when we were allowed to travel, I went to visit my brother, who lives in England, on the Wirral, which is across the Mersey from Liverpool. And as we were both lifelong Beatle fans, we thought we would go to do International Beatle Week together. Seven days of Beetle geekery. Fantastic. Um, One of the guest speakers there was Alan White, who of course these days is drummer for Yes. But his connection to the Beatles is that he played drums in the Plastic Ono Band on the Instant Karma single and on the live piece in Toronto concert and subsequent album as well. And after his talk we got to meet him, he did a signing thing at the desk and had a little chat told him that i thought his drumming on the song was great and it really stood out and made the song what it is and he thanked me for that shook my hand signed an autograph for me and we went our separate ways so here is john lennon and the plastic ono band and alan white on drums with instant karma
0: yeah, to get you To to get, to get yourself just to, to, to get the dark the, the human race. race. How in the world are you gonna <laughs> see? Laughing at fools like me. <laughs> Who want <on laughs> <earth to think laughs> you think <laughs> you are? A superstar. <laughs> well <Where the> like <light laughs> you are when
1: <laughs> we all shine off. Now I don't think. That I knew Alan White played drums on that song. I think I just learned that today from Steve Perry. So thank you, Steve.
2: Awesome. He said they were at, it was on the Mersey, and I've heard there's a ferry that goes across the Mersey. Is that true? That's what Jerry and the Pacemakers sing about. (laughs)
1: Well, they would know. There's
2: a song called Ferry Across the Mersey. They would know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Again, if you want to participate in these episodes, it's easy. Just go to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast, and for $2 a month, you can participate in these all year. Every one today, it's it's a it's a dude fest. We don't have any women, maybe because because uh, women are uh, and I'm going to just going to say it because I'm misogynistic. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, I don't know why. I don't know why we don't have uh, more ladies participate in these. But uh, please do, ladies. Please uh, come aboard, especially if you're a lady with.
2: An accent, oh,
1: lady with an accent. You're gonna be we love top. It. You're gonna be top build. And if uh, if you don't have an accent, fake one. Fake one. Fake it. Easy to do. Um, I kind of get a, uh, I kind of get a, a jolt out of it when I hear someone that lives across the globe, right? Uh, listens to the show to uh, my yeah. shenanigans and our tomfoolery that we do here on a weekly basis. And uh, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I never, um, I don't think about it when I'm recording the episode. I'm just recording it. When I rec- like today, Daryl, you're the audience. Maybe I make you laugh once or twice, and if you laugh, I feel yeah. that maybe someone listening will laugh. Or or maybe maybe there's no laughs in an episode. What That's a, okay too. You can't hear the eye rolls though. The eye rolls we cannot hear. Yeah. But maybe we should start mm-hmm. m- miking your eyes. Clear. Maybe we could get a couple of sure microphones <laughs> and attach them to some goggles that you will
2: wear. And I'm actually not laughing as much as I would if I were listening, probably, because it's an interu- it's distracting sometimes. Well, you've
1: also been uh, we've also been hanging out for a week, and you're sick of it. Kind of tired of it. <laughs> I, I can only <laughs> hold my sides
2: it. so much. Right. You make me laugh all day, every day. He comes in the room in the middle yeah. of the night. Hey, hey, buddy, I got another joke for you. Hey, Jen. They yeah, wake up. I'm right, lying
1: between right. them. Hey, people. Starts talking about his old roommate and stuff. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, so we had, uh, we had a story about Alan White from Yes. So, well, hold on a second.
4: <laughs> has
2: got a story to repeat. But so we need a sting for that sting. A sting to set up that the sting? sting. Because here's this sting. Here's this sting. He's doing it again. Yeah. Dave Becker wrote it.
1: And it. Dave I'll Becker sings. <laughs> Here comes Dave Becker's sting. Done. All right. So Bring if it. someone wants to write a sting for Dave Becker's sting. You just did. We'll play that before we play Dave Becker's sting always. <laughs> okay. And Dave, make that a little more poppy. Okay. So, um, uh, so I met. Uh, a member of of Yes guitarist Steve Howe who I just got to interview a couple weeks ago and he was so nice during the interview I had heard that he could be prickly or or whatever he could be he was not with me and I felt good about it but I did meet him and get his autograph at the Canyon Club after an Asia show and again as Dave Becker said I'm repeating the song that's in there right that's in, the That's in room, there. Yeah, yeah, That's uh, in there. Yeah, there's, yeah. And there's, and it might, is there one on the door too? I got it, I got it twice. There could be one hanging well, on the door Well, it's in
2: too. a prominent position, Okay. it is. It's not just stacked No, on of course the table not. It's got a, room. it's
1: got a light shining on it yes. and there's music that plays when you walk by it. Um, so. <laughs> Proximity sensor. Steve Howe comes out of the back of the, uh, of the venue first. Like, like we got out there before the last song ended because I wanted to get Steve Howe's autograph. So he walks out. I'm with young Kyle. He's holding one of my albums. I'm holding an album. I didn't take a Yes album. I wish I would have, but I had Mm. the first two Asia albums. And he comes out, and he passes us very quickly. And I said, Steve, can we get a couple of signatures? And he turns around, and I'll never forget it. He says, do you really want to do this? (laughs) So he's not one of those who wants to be adored, apparently. (laughs) Not right at that moment. You were not throwing away your shot, Do though. you really want to do this? He's like, he's going to have fisticuffs Like, we're going to fight. <laughs> as soon as he walked away, I said, Kyle, I go, did he want to fight us? And of course, my response was, yes. yes. And he signed them both. Uh, and that was it. Now, was he cordial? No. Did we have five seconds with Steve Howe? Yes. yes. Do I have a fun story to yeah. repeat? <laughs> <laughs> but... um, but yeah, that was just the strangest thing anyone's ever said. Do you really want to do this?
2: Yeah. Maybe, I don't know.
1: Maybe he got a bad phone call. Just, maybe maybe know. he Maybe he tries to avoid people, and we caught him. We caught him in our net. <laughs> we were there before, and he was just like, damn it, son of a... Yeah, there's a Pat Benatar
2: story about Jack in the Box, too, uh, isn't there somewhere? Uh, not today, okay. buddy. Right. Not I want to hear that sting again.
1: That's why. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to uh, chime in in a minute. Okay, this gentleman was on the show last year and 100% my biggest get ever. The story is about this gentleman. Uh, The story is about Brian Johnson of ACDC. That's he's 100% the biggest guest I've ever had on this show. There's no doubt about it. When people go, what about this or this or this or Stuart Copeland? I'm like, yeah, Stuart Copeland's gigantic. Andy Summers is gigantic, but look, Brian Johnson sings on Back in Black, and that album alone has sold 25 million copies. You don't get bigger than that. The no. lead singer from ACDC. So, wait to you hear this story. It's pretty cool.
2: Could I, Pat? Danny from Newcastle in Australia. Accent! uh, About meeting celebrities. And in 1983, I was playing Billiards in a Pool Room in Sydney. And the guy playing opposite me was Brian Johnson from ACDC. I said g'day, and he was so friendly. Uh, We
12: talked about the new Flick of the Switch album, which just came out. So if you could just uh, please play Bedlam in Belgium from the start, as he talked about how
2: that song came about.
10: All right, mate, you're doing a great job as usual. Thanks.
0: Thank you.
1: ACDC from Flick of the Switch. Look, that's an album that doesn't get enough love. It follows Back in Black, and for those about to rock, and I think it's a really good album. It's a little bit more raw because the band produced it themselves, but there are some great tracks on that. And, uh, Dan, thanks for uh, for the compliment there at the end. I will, uh, I will continue to try to do a good job and not let you down. You're big in so, Australia, yeah.
2: apparently. Uh, two guys love it. Right. What's the percentage of the entries here? That's like, you know.
1: Yeah, a percentage. <laughs> maybe, maybe. A, are you saying I need to go to Australia and do a live record? Well, I book the flights. Would that be uh, Would that be cost effective? No. Maybe I started GoFundMe and then I uh, and I fly down there. Have you ever done anything because it was cost effective? I haven't. No, neither. No. So. All right. This next gentleman, he, I call him an American hero. He's a retired fireman. He's my oh. good friend. Hey, he's such a good friend. I snubbed him at the Rolling Stones concert last week oh, and good. didn't uh, didn't. Uh, find him and hook up with him and uh and i offered him the apartment and he said great and then i had to call and go oh i forgot daryl's gonna be here so like my better friend yeah so i um yeah so uh, i let tom neuerberg down uh, many times last sorry tom but uh he's got an excellent story and uh it has to do with uh with his son winning an mtv concert not not a concert (laughs) contest yes Contest and concert are very close to each other. His son winning, his son Ryan, who's also a fireman and will soon be an American hero, um, winning an MTV contest. Okay, that's it. All right. I talked too much. I said too much already. Tommy Norris.
13: Hello, Pat. Hello, Rock Solid family. Tom Neuerberg, your pal from NorCal, chiming in on the Patreon episode for Celebrity Encounters. (laughs) my celebrity encounter was a little bit more than just an encounter as I got to spend about 15 days with Lenny Kravitz out on the road. Uh, my son won a contest, took me along as a guest. It's a long story, but we got to spend two weeks traveling the country with Lenny Kravitz. I think in those 15 days we saw nine different shows, hung out with Lenny on his tour bus, hung out with him backstage, went to dinner with him like three times. And, uh, I'll tell you what, he was one heck of a guy. I went into it not being all that big of a fan of his. My son loved him and uh, told my son, hey, don't expect much. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Lenny was awesome. Great dude. So um, how about we play a deeper cut of his? It's a song called Dirty White Boots. Great song. Off the album Strut. Drop it in at about 20 seconds, and this is a kick-ass treadmill tune. Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: believe that album is seven years old now from 2014 the album is strut and i highly recommend it um i don't think lenny kravitz more recent albums get enough uh enough play enough yeah. love but they're really good the guy is still killing it with his uh brand of and rock that and sounds roll.
2: like at, at first that prize sounds like one of those things where it's you know first first prize you know, winner gets a week with Lenny Kravitz. Right.
1: Loser gets two weeks with Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> you know,
2: but it turns out, great guy. Yeah, right? they, they Sounds great. they
1: said like, and Tom was smart to tell his son at that time. Yeah. look, it, it don't don't expect like we're going to be with Lenny right. Kravitz you, you and hang out. And, I you know, mean, they yeah, just, if you're if you're an artist and you're going to go full in on doing a contest like that. Bravo to him for then giving these people A true memory Absolutely. and a true experience I think Tom and Ryan have gotten uh, Tickets and gotten to go see Shows since then and I went To see a, a show with um, Tom and, uh, and Ryan Out here we went to the Palladium And we saw We saw Lenny Kravitz together And um, it was really cool oh. wait,
4: have
0: a seat That's got a story too
1: All right, that was Daryl adding to it at the end. Okay, so um, I don't know if you know this story, Daryl.
2: Does it require me to have to listen
1: to the show? uh, Yes. Oh, I don't know it. Yes. Okay, so um, get to the concert, and um, I go down front because I have an album to to get autographed, and I assume if I can get close enough, I can get him to sign it from the stage after the show. Right. That was my goal. Tom and um, Ryan were not with me. They were at another part of the venue. And um, a guy comes up next to me. He's my size. He's not a big guy. He's just my size, but he's obviously he's obviously on something or drunk, and he's by himself. And I turn and our eyes meet, and he goes, "Hey, man." I go, "Hey." He goes, "You're one ugly motherfucker." <laughs> I go, I go, what? Now this guy, you know, that could elicit a response like, what the fuck did you just say? You know, but I can tell You want to do this? Yeah, you really want to do, do this? this? But I'll, I can I'll bring tell Steve Howe over here to kick your ass. I can tell this guy's not in his right mind. Right. So I go the other way. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, why would you say that? You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> he goes, Seriously, man, you're the ugliest motherfucker in this place. And I'm just like, first what? of all, in my no. head, I'm like, first of all. Am I? First of all, I take a good look around and I am not, as a matter of fact, better looking than this guy for sure. Tweaker meth head. So, um, and I just lean into it again. I am like, oh man, don't say that. You're hurting my feelings, you know? And then, yeah. uh, and then I'm very aware that he's like right here for a long time. And, and you know, I'm like. Does he have a knife? Is he going to stab me? Is he going to? going to take a swing at me. I don't know. So I eventually I, I get away from that guy, and I think he actually said it like three times, and it was um, it was pretty creepy, and yeah. it was not cool. And I was by myself, and um, yeah, I, I don't know why I have. You've been d- with me at a concert. Yeah. The drunk guy's always next to me. Yeah. It's just
2: I'm always <laughs> you're a magnet. I'm
1: like a magnet for the misfit, and it's and it's not fun. Wow. But that was especially. Strange. so
2: did you did you like how did you extricate yourself from that did he eventually go away or i you, just kind of like i just kind of moved
1: a little bit and eventually you know when you're down on the floor people will send kind of weaving it out yeah. and, the, and the crowd will kind of eventually separate you but yeah. i was i was very aware of him for the rest of the show and that wow. kind of ruins the show for you too and i did not get the album autograph I, I was could not to did you get i cannot get close enough which one <sighs>
2: The album autographing from the stage thing, um, I saw Elton John in, I think it was ninety nine. It was like right pretty soon after Princess Diana uh-huh. died yeah. and all that. And I saw him at the Fargo Dome. Are you talking about the English Rose? Uh, Elton John. Goodbye. Yeah. We English said goodbye Rome. to England's Rose. I think is what it was. Goodbye,
1: England. Rome. Um,
2: yeah, he was my first concert I ever went to was Elton John in 1974, and I saw him again in '99 at the Fargo Dome. And what was really cool.
1: I'm sure he sounded exactly the same, right? He sounded really good. He but did. you
2: know he had that uh, you know, I vo- know. vocal surgery I which know. I'm, put things I'm joking. Put things wait. he lost the falsetto. Yeah. But what was really cool is between every song, he would get up from his piano and he would w- walk along the front of the stage he'd wave and blow kisses to his fans yeah cuz that's what he, he does could. that's what he does yeah and he would sign autographs that's nice between every song he's reaching down and taking people's albums and that's programs great. and he's signing them and he's waving and like no one was in a hurry like oh rush and get to the next song he would drink his diet coke and then sit down and do another and do song it. and excellent it was i was really Good. impressed with it it was really cool to see and I didn't see you down there so you no, must not no. have been in Fargo
1: that. Well, you must not have been looking for the ugliest motherfucker <laughs> in the room. All right, here we go. Next one. We only got a couple more.
14: Hello, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. This is Jeff in Rhode Island, bringing you a story from 1984. Let me set the scene. I'm a 13-year-old, music-obsessed, guitar-playing, record store clerk. My mom lands an entry-level job at the largest concert promoter in town, and for the first time in my life, I find myself backstage at a concert. Excellent. It's Huey Lewis in the news. I meet Huey. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Exactly what you would expect. Guys, I swear to you, he's wearing the red suit, the black T-shirt, and the Ray-Bans, like he stepped off the TV then... screen from the "I Want a New Drug" music video. But I'm not going to play you that song today. Instead, I'm going to play you a song from the opening act, a 29-year-old Texas guitar player whose second album had just been released. I watched his entire set standing right there on the side of the stage, maybe 10 feet away. Stevie Ray Vaughn proceeds to burn down the concert arena one guitar lick at a time. He was incredible. And as a teenage guitar player, I could not have had a better seat. Now, Stevie famously liked to drink in those days, and he was carrying a fifth of Whiskey when he staggered off stage and promptly fell on top of me. So here I am, this 13-year-old kid, I'm holding up Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's a happy drunk, we chat for a few minutes, I get an autograph, he gives me a guitar pick and a big hug before he ambles off. I saw him in concert one more time in 1990, just before he passed away tragically, but I'll never forget our close encounter backstage. It's hard to pick one track from Stevie Ray Vaughan. But I'm going to go with the opening number from Couldn't Stand the Weather, Scuttle Button, which really showcases his incredible energy, passion, and talent. Rock solid, this is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh-huh.
1: Button. It's amazing.
2: Steve Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray vaughn Stevie Ray Vaughn does not have to play licks at half speed and record at half speed like the Beatles did, as we found out on McCartney 321. Right.
1: Yeah. Never knew that. R.I.P. That was crazy. SRV. That was sad. Stevie Ray Vaughn. All right. Coming up next, he's a he's a friend of mine. He's been here live before. This is Mr. Jeff Frank. He's he's even got like a catchphrase that he stole from the Ramones. Here we oh, go.
3: Gabba oh. Gabba. Hey, it is Jeff. <laughs> chiming in with my celebrity encounter.
2: All right.
3: Mine just so happens to be the story of my 21st birthday, a very special day in one's life. And mine was no exception as I got to spend it having an all night bender with Mr. Neil Sean. Whoa. So December 1st, 1989, bad English are playing the USF Sundome in Tampa where I work. And I end up having to take the band back to the hotel after the gig. And they were kind enough to invite us up to the lobby and hang out and have some after show drinks, which we did. And then promptly at the stroke of midnight, the promoter decides to share that it's my 21st birthday. Yeah. So next thing I know, there's a bunch of shots and drinks in my face, all courtesy of the band Everyone's hanging out, having a good time. But slowly, one by one, band members start to peel off and head back to their rooms. That is except for Neil. Hmm. Neil decides, no, we must stay out and we must celebrate. And that is exactly what we did. Went bar to bar, club to club. Uh, We finally ended up after hours at the infamous Mons Venus in Tampa. Strip club where Neil made a bunch of new friends and Strippers. was kind enough to float us some cash so that we could make some new friends
1: lap dances. Paid. So we
3: finally closed the place down. We end up next door at Denny's with all our new hookers friends having breakfast. <laughs> and the way the night ends is that the day before my birthday happened to be my girlfriend's birthday broke up. So knowing this in advance, I got a birthday card, brought it to the show Uh, with the notion that I was going to get all the band members to sign the card, which I did. Neil remembers this at the end of the night and decides we must call her and wish her a happy birthday personally. So from the Denny's payphone, that's exactly what we did. And that's how the night ended. Needless to say, it is a night I will never forget. So with that, I say, let's play a little bad English. The best of what I got. And I say, crank it and stay frosty. Two catchphrases.
1: Took it from the top, Jeff. To hear some noodling from Neil Sean, but I'm going to fade it down now. Great story, Jeff. Jeff has a ton of great stories. Listen to our MTV episode that Jeff and I recorded right in this very room, live and in person, with some uh, alcoholic beverages. Did, did they all end with him breaking up with his girlfriend? Everyone ends with him at uh, Denny's after uh, trolling for <laughs> hookers and strippers. All right. Next up, this guy John Mutford. He loves horror films. I love horror films. Uh, we would probably hang out together if he didn't live so far north. He mm. lives in Canada, Yellowknife, mm. down the middle of nowhere.
2: What planes don't come from Canada? It's
1: where it's where bombers would live. You know. Yeah. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. I said it earlier in the show. This is where you write your manifesto and plan something. This is John Mutford. He's not planning anything. No.
2: Next bonus episode is manifesto.
1: Episode. Manifestos where everyone yeah, just everyone bring, your bring your manifestos in a song. A song. It goes okay. With it. Oh boy.
15: Hey Pat, it's your friend John Muckford here from Yellowknife. Uh, I know you often like to uh, sort of have fun at how far north I am. What? But my uh, contribution for your celebrity encounter show. Uh, It takes me even further north, Uh, if you want to look it up on the map, it's a place called Iqaluit. It's in uh, the territory of Nunavut in northern Canada. And believe it or not, the White Stripes played back in 2007 there. And uh, it should have been a great encounter. I saw them in concert, front row, they took a request from me in the audience, and that was amazing and I would have had all those fond memories except for the fact that uh, after the concert I took off home to relieve the babysitter of her duties while my wife stayed behind and lo and behold she came back with pictures on her phone of getting to meet Jack White and Meg and uh, she said they were quite lovely, Meg was shy but uh, quite nice and Jack was nice as well and I could have met them but uh, still I will count it as a celebrity encounter Of sorts. And uh, I'll request the same from you as what I requested from them. And they did play it. It was uh, Fell in Love with a Girl. Thank you. Bye.
2: Accent. Accent.
1: That's a great story, John. That's a really good story. I'm glad your wife got to meet the white stripes. You almost it was an almost for you. Sounds like it, his wife's story. She should have sent that in. I met
2: the white stripes. Ah, she doesn't listen
1: to this nonsense. She has better true. things to do. That's
2: right. We need ladies.
4: To I
0: only have a seat. That's got a story to
4: repeat.
1: All right, so this was at the LA Sports Arena after a Bruce Springsteen show. I'm with my friend Pete Schwabe, uh, writer, director, filmmaker, actor, comedian. Legend. And he loves Bruce Springsteen. It's his favorite artist. And I bring an album with me. I bring two albums. And after the show, we're walking to the cars and I start, because we didn't drive together, we met there. I start heading towards the buses and the cars and he goes, where are you going? I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going home. I go, you're not going to wait while I get Bruce Springsteen's autograph. He's like, you're not going to get Bruce Springsteen's autograph. I go, what? Yeah. I go, well, I'm going to try. He goes, I, I don't want to do that. So long story short, I do get Bruce Springsteen's autograph. I post it on Facebook. Oh my God. Amazing night last night. Met so many cool people. Bruce signed, blah, blah, blah. And, and Pete calls me because he sees that post and he goes, you met Bruce Springsteen last night? I go, yeah. He goes, how'd you do that? I go. I didn't go home. <laughs> I waited 90 minutes. I asked you to wait. He's like, oh, I should have waited. Yeah, you yeah. should have. Well, Pete thought he would be at his house you waiting sh- for him to sign his stuff. <laughs> yeah, self. you should have waited. It was ridiculous. So, Good job. All right. Coming up next, this next intro follows the White Stripes story because this gentleman, Justin Harris, was just here in my house a couple weeks ago, and we recorded an episode called... I think we call it the wonderful world of Jack White. We're going to play Jack White solo and White Stripes mm-hmm. and uh, the Raconteurs and Dead Weather, all the bands that Jack is a part of. So we're going to listen to Justin now, who you're going to hear. I think not if not this week. I think next week. Well, at the time of this record, Al, oh, it's gonna. It, forget it. It's coming up. Well, you, just, you've already have heard it. Let's just hope Jack
2: White gets a full time job finally someday. So he do not yeah, have to do all this part time stuff.
1: He needs something to keep him busy. Here's Justin Harris.
5: Hello, Rock Solid Nation. This is Justin Harris from Phoenix, Arizona. I have a great story to share with you today for the meet and greet episode. It's not my story. I've never met anybody famous except for Pat. Ah. But I have a buddy whose name is Adam. A few years ago, my oldest son came home from a church activity. He said, Dad, there's a man I just met who played on stage with you too and of course i had heard about this because i follow the news from that community he had played in nashville tennessee back during the elevation tour and so as i got to know adam adam is blind when he was at the concert in nashville his friends got bono's intention and got him up on stage and so adam shared with me his his experience he said that of course, he was freaking out. Uh, he he wanted to play on All I Want Is You, uh, which is from the Rattle and Hum album. And so, of course, Bono let him play, and he got through it. He kept his wits about him. He's a fairly good guitarist. And at the end of it, Bono pulls him close and says, I'm going to give you my Green Falcon Gresh Electromatic. He didn't probably say it that way. He said, I'm going to give you my guitar. And so... Adam is just losing it. And Bono's guitar tech says, we're going to send this guitar to you because if you lose, if you leave the stage with it, you're likely going to get uh, jumped and probably have the guitar stolen. And so they sent it to him. I have seen it. It's a beautiful guitar. It's, it's got a pit guard that says the goal is soul on it, which was one of the phrases they used during that tour. It has gold. Uh, volume knobs on it and to, and tone knobs, which are inset with real rubies. It's just an amazing guitar. Adam actually said to me, Justin, if you want, you can play it. I didn't even want to touch the thing. Like to me, this guitar is like Excalibur, you know. And so it was just such a neat experience. Well, Adam told me that he took it on the Joshua Tree tour when U2 was touring with that album back in 2017. And so Bono wrote around the guitar some of the lyrics from In God's Country, which is one of my favorite U2 songs. So that's my selection for today's episode. All right, all y'all out there, keep fighting the good fight and have a great day.
1: Do you want to do the uh, artwork for this episode? Since you're here, I can't say no now. I know, right? Yeah, I'll do it. It's called celebrity interactions. All right. Don't worry about an episode number. We'll add that later. Okay. We'll we'll add that in post. This
2: is all fair conversation.
1: Um, No, I needed you to commit to it. We got to talk about the fee. So, same as always. Same same as always. A double at this time. My my uh, my full on gratitude. (laughs) Let me tell you something about Patreon. I don't know why I'm. This just popped in my head. But the $5 tier, $5 a month, patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Here's what you get. You can win prizes. I'll follow you back on Twitter. Uh, you get to participate in these episodes. And you get your episodes ASAP. And here's what that means. Right after we record today, I'm probably going to produce this and send it out to everyone on Sunday. Uh, people who don't support will have to wait till it drops to the world. Also, the ASAP Club gets their episodes early and ad free because art 19 now drops a couple ads in there now you could say that this right here is an ad and i would say shut up, shut up. but uh you get it early and ad free and that's just a perk of the five dollar tier which i think is worth it okay definitely worth it here's another guy who's been on the show via zoom his name's david Fastini. i call him dave he likes to go by david Fastini. he has a brother ed who's just Edward, uh, if you're talking about Edward, uh, Ed, let's not even talk about it. But, uh, Dave is a gigantic fan of the artist that he's going to talk about. And, uh, if you listen to this show, you know who the artist is.
12: should be a sting for this. Here we go. Hey, rock solid fans. It's David Festini. And my met a celebrity moment was also a dream come true. I'm a huge Rick Springfield fan. And over the years I've met him A number of times to get autographs, take pictures, stuff like that. But in November of 2012, things took a giant leap forward. Somehow, I convinced my wife Nancy to go on the Rick Springfield and Friends trip for a second time. One of the things they were offering on that trip was a contest to get up on stage and sing with Rick Springfield. Needless to say, I had to make that happen. I entered and won the contest and was told that I'd be singing the song Love Somebody at one of the shows. Turns out, the night of the show, Love Somebody wasn't on the set list. So his assistant came to me, handed me the set list and said, pick your song. The song that I immediately looked for was It's Always Something from the Karma album. Sure enough, it was on the set list and I immediately chose it. The rest is a full-on dream come true as I got to get up on stage with my childhood idol and sing the song. Pat, if you'd be so kind, here's a, a small clip of that night, and as always, thanks for letting me be part of the show. This
7: is uh, David. Is David out there? Here he comes. Get ready. This guy can sing.
0: When I was a kid, the teachers and the priests said, why you let him run around like that? You know he my father said? If the boy wants to play the guitar, I will we let him! that got to way.
1: Right into
16: the next intro Pat Francis Tor Hansen. I should probably tell you about the time I met Tom Bailey Of the Thompson Twins on the 80's cruise And what a lovely man he was But I'm not going to do that I'm going to tell you about the time I met Larissa Stupar Of Venom Prison In a poorly attended show In Orangevale, California I love this band They are brutal death metal The show was great They played amazingly considering that there was no energy to play off of. And I stood at the front and probably creeped her out because I'm 50 years old and I'm staring at a 25-year-old woman. After the set, I decided to go visit Larissa at the merch table where she was there to meet fans, the few, and uh, sell merch. And I started off our conversation by sticking out my hand and saying thank you i'm not good with people especially (laughs) people that i think are talented so i should probably just not i should not meet them she looked at my hand i looked at my hand wondered what i was doing in that moment she shook it politely we ended up having a little conversation But suffice to say that I did not make things any less weird during the course of that subsequent conversation than I had hitherto by staring at her on stage and offering a weird thank you handshake. Pat, not my finest moment. This (laughs) song is called Slayer of Herlofrenes. It's by Venom Prison. What? I love it. And I apologize in advance because I know it's not probably going to be your cup of tea. Coming in hot, Pat. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Oh my god! That's just some Sunday morning making pancakes for the kids' music right there. Holy crap, Tor. Uh, that mm. story, um, It was. It's. Pro- you're probably painting it a lot worse than it is. She probably didn't think anything well, of it. You who are you, what are
2: you supposed to stare at when someone's singing on stage? Yeah,
1: you're staring at the person staring singing. Staring at the person. Yeah, yeah. You weren't creepy because of that.
2: Yeah. I'm sure and there's ex- other reasons.
1: Extending a hand. I don't know. It. Look, sometimes you hand don't change. know what to say. You got to... Um, uh, you know, I plan my conversations in advance and my wife just cracks up. She's like, that's what you're going to say? You're really going to say that? And I go, yeah, I'm going to say that. And then uh, she says, I never say what I plan, but I think I always say what I plan. And so uh, there you go. He wears with sunglasses with a teleprompter in him so he knows how to have, <laughs> right. have a conversation. I, I wear t- uh, teleprompter glasses. Dave Festini, that's an amazing story. Uh, you get to sing with, um, <coughs> I'm coughing, Rick Springfield. And um, I love how he introduced you he this. This guy can sing. And I love how you, uh, I love how you ad lib a little yeah. bit with your, uh, with your take when you said, uh, I say we let them, you know, uh, I love it. Does so, that uh,
2: riffs remind you of uh, She Drives Me Crazy, though, on that song?
1: Uh, it just, maybe, every riff it, it reminds did. me of another song though, sometimes. Right. So Well, now it will from now on. All right. Good job, Fastini. Coming up, we got the last of our participants uh, story. It's uh it's a really good one. Because it involves rock and roll royalty. If I say, if I say, name the name the three biggest musicians of rock musicians of all time that are still alive. Who would you name, Daryl? Three of them. Let me hear them. McCartney. Done. That's what the story's about. Okay. It's about Paul <laughs> McCartney. So right there, it proves oh, Paul McCartney. Oh, who did you think? George McCartney. George? No, no, no. So yeah. So this story is about wow. The first name that will pop into your head <laughs> when you think rock royalty so here we go also on uh, today is october 23rd it's this guy's birthday okay two and three would be david gilmore and elton john for right. me so all right not roger waters wouldn't be Mick jagger a, wouldn't be number two i don't know is he still alive or is that like some yeah, he's kind alive. of hologram it's not an animatronic pre- we weren't at the hall of presidents and he was performing i don't know he looked too good to be a real person october 23rd i believe it's his 30th birthday uh Happy birthday, Aaron. Welcome to old age. Happy birthday. Here we go.
17: Hey there, Rock Solid listeners. Aaron here again. Hi. I've decided to take part in this celebrity episode of Rock Solid. When I first heard about the topic, there was one person that came to mind. I tried to see if I could pick someone else, but I'm going to go ahead with the person that I thought of in the first place. I'm sure that most people who know me through the Rock Solid community know that I met Paul McCartney when I was younger. In fact... This was mentioned during the Misheard Lyrics episode of Rock Solid, when Pat realized I hadn't sent in an intro. However, Pat determined I was probably okay, because by his logic... He's fine. Uh, he met Paul McCartney. He's he's fine. Okay. He met Paul McCartney as a child. Well, yeah. I got to meet Paul McCartney on April 16th, 2002, before Paul's concert at the First Union Center in Philadelphia. Through some connections on my dad's side of the family, my uncle was able to send a letter to Paul's management asking if I could meet Paul. It wasn't until the day of the concert that my uncle got a reply back saying that I could talk to Paul 30 minutes before the show. It took us a while to make our way backstage, but soon enough, we were in the same room as Sir Paul and his then fiance, Heather Mills. And the part of the meeting I want to talk about here is when the topic of my father came up. In June 2001, my dad had suddenly passed away when I was only nine years old. Now, I had gotten into the Beatles in the year 2000, when the Beatles Anthology book and the Beatles One compilation came out. But prior to that, there had been some events leading up to me getting into the Beatles. First and foremost, just being interested in music as a whole as long as I can remember, along with figuring out that most of these songs that I had heard over the years were all by them. By the time those two things came out, I was knee-deep in my Obsession with the Beatles. At one point during the meeting, I can remember my uncle telling Paul that my father had died. Paul turned to me, took a hold of my hand, cupped it with both of his hands, looked at me straight in the eye, and said, I lost my mom when I was 14. Now, being the 10 year old I was, I simply replied, I know. And the next day, my mom explained it to me, and even then, I was still a little disappointed. Like, okay, why is Paul telling me things I already know? But now, and as an adult, it says much more to me. Paul was telling me he knew what it felt like to lose a parent, perhaps hinting that everything was going to be all right. I was wearing my shirt with the Let It Be album cover on it, and that might have led to Paul telling me and my uncle that the title track was written based off of a dream he had about his mother. Now, prior to this, I'm sure Paul had already told this to many other people, and dozens and dozens of Beatles books had already covered this topic. But at that point in time, I had no idea about this, and hearing it from the guy who wrote the song was simply amazing. So from the Beatles and their nineteen seventy album of the same name, this is Let It Be.
0: Up do the sound of music, Mother May-
1: Right. Aaron, thank you for sharing a very personal story from your, uh, from your life. Uh, meeting Sir Paul would be amazing anytime. But when he adds in that personal touch and uh, you know speaking to a kid and um, trying to make the kid feel better, that's really nice. So thank you, Aaron. Excellent, excellent story. And not many people that I know get to meet Paul McCartney, but uh, but you did. And Gwyn yeah. Ashley did. Maybe I know a lot of people that met Paul McCartney. Well, have you ever heard and Murray of... met
2: Paul McCartney? No, okay, yeah, everyone's met him. It. Everyone's have met you, him. Have you ever heard? some I met Paul McCartney, and he was a real asshole. Like you never hear those stories. He no. always seems to be really nice. He always seems to be nice. I was in this little band called the Beatles. Yeah, I might have
1: heard of. Yeah,
2: what was that? Well, who was yeah. that? Was that your, no? This was, was that a guy you... who met Paul McCartney. Oh, was that a guy? I'm trying to do, do an impression. I'm trying to do an accent so I get on the show. <laughs> nope. Can I do it as a girl? No. no.
1: Okay. No, I don't. No, do that don't accents. do it. That would be misogynistic, and you know how I we mean, feel about that. We're pro. True. That's true. <laughs> All right, pro. we only have one more, and it's uh, I. I got the play out song today, so let's do some promoting. Daryl, where are you mm. at on socials? You want people to follow you on the socials? Sure, if they want to. There's not. There's mostly pictures of cats. People love cats.
2: Jennifer and I. It's have actually Day. Three cats. It is. Oh. I'll be right back. I got to go post a a cat 17 pictures. Yeah. Uh, We have three cats. There's a lot of pictures of cats. What are their names? Uh, Freya is the youngest. She's a fuzzy black cat. She's very entertaining. Big helper. Pogo is the next one. He's a tuxedo cat. Okay. Very formal. Black and white cat. He's very shy um, around strangers. Uh, And Suede is the chonky boy. He is a gray tuxedo cat. Okay. And he's very entertaining as well. He likes to say...
6: Hello. And,
2: and you
1: taught him how to talk. That's terrific.
6: Hello. Uh,
1: yes. You also built something you call a catio. catio. So that the cats can go outside, mm-hmm. but be protected from the elements and from other wild and creatures. And from deer.
2: We get a lot of deer visiting yeah. our backyard. But yeah, we once we got the third cat, I decided it was time to build a catio, which takes up at least half of our backyard. It's amazing. It's I think big. it's fantastic. It's really big. We just let them live out there. Is I there have- a door so you can yeah. go in the catio too? There's a there's a gate we can go in the catio. They get in and out of the catio through I I cut a hole right in the side of the house yeah. and put a cat flap in there. Yeah. So they have their own little door in and out of the catio and then we have a gate we can go in and out.
1: And what makes them decide to go out? What what do they do they go out in there's in like groups? A, you never know. Sometimes they'll go out and they'll follow each other or Freya
2: will follow Pogo cuz he she likes to harass him because he doesn't really know how to play with her. Uh-huh so he gets hissy and she like i like to play so i'm going to bat you on the nose and follow you around <laughs> you
1: know like an annoying little sister do you lock that uh flap that cat flap at night nope they can go out there at night
2: they come and go whenever
1: they do want do they ever go out there at night oh yeah
2: wow yeah yeah they they're out there at night they're out there all hours we the only time we ever lock it is you know, if we have to keep them out of there because I have to do some work, or yeah. you know, whatever. But we, yeah, we just they just come and go as they want. I think they it's love the it. greatest thing. And I, I, think I built a patio is the greatest thing. I built a a thing using a lot of scrap wood. Yeah, um, there's like a climbing thing out there for them, and then I found online a place that sells a pirate flag that looks like a cat skeleton. Okay. With a with a patch and with uh, crossed fish bones, mm-hmm. and so I fly that flag over there, their Jungle gym. And so the neighbors think you're nuts. The the neighbors came over one time and said, "We just want you to know that whenever we have visitors, they love watching your what do they call it the cat zoo. We, they love watching <laughs> oh no cat circus is what they call it's it. Pretty we cool. We love watching the cat circus. So yeah, but they go out there and you know do their business outside and do some business inside. You know they can choose. All that that helps uh, keep the inside smelling fresh.
1: Yeah, that's true. If they did their yeah. business outside, what if you put their litter box outside and they had to go out there? Well, there actually is one outside. There's there like a
2: big outdoor one that has you know it's it's, it's a sandbox. It's, it's a sandbox basically, and, you and just they just go in there, clean that every once in a while. All but right. They use that. They use the they use the ground. Cats cats are good about covering things up. That's All what, right. That's what they're good with. But Hiding anyway, things. let's not talk about cat poop anymore. Anyway, they're wonderful right. kitty cats. You can see pictures of them at Daryl Asher, D A R R Y L. A-S-H-E-R, one word. That's where I, what I am on all of the socials, Instagram, Facebook,
1: Twitter. Let's say that the next Patreon episode is gonna be called, uh, I Love My Animal. And you are gonna send a song that makes you think of your animal and you're gonna tell a funny story like about it. your pet. I don't care what it is, lizard. Snake. Snake. Mouse. Ugh, mouse, guinea pig, Parrot? Um, ferret, dog, cat, anything. Like Aaron Kahn, his cat is named Domino. I don't even care if he tells a story and then we play Domino right. by Van Morrison. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. But that's it. Will I you love do my a Fila I lo- song? I love my animal. cat? I'll think of one probably. Fila is, I, I tell Pat all the time, He she is
2: like the fourth best cat. The fourth best in cat. In the world. Probably, Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, probably fourth. All right. Well Tanya, our friend, has a new cat. No, yeah. She doesn't listen, so Ooh. it's okay. So fourth best cat. Feedless right, feed cool. feed one of the one of the top cats. All right. And where
1: do we find you on socials? That's how we started. Uh, Daryl Asher.
2: I did that already. Oh, Hello? you did.
1: Okay. Why male models? What are you kidding me? <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> um all right. We are at Rock Solid Show and on Instagram we're at Rock Solid Show and on Twitter. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. We have new merch, tons of it. Uh, for there's, there's beanies, there's mugs, there's a ton of cool stuff. I think we have great merch and, um, and you don't have to buy it, but it's there if you want to buy it. So Tom Neuerberg always asking about the beanies. You can go get the beanies now. Uh, okay. pretty cool stuff. And Hi, I, I, I also think our t-shirts are cool because I don't brand it with the word podcast and I don't brand it with my name. It just says rock solid. And then people can come up to you and go rock solid. What's that? That's and that. then you can tell them what it is. And if not, it's just, it's just two words that are cool. It's sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky
2: rock solid sneaky advertising. Evangel Evangelization.
1: Yep. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. Check out all the tiers. I think it's worth it. I, I give away great prizes every week. And uh, most of the money that comes in goes into... Shipping the prizes and equipment and stuff, so I'm not making a living off of the money. Although, if everyone listening right now would sign up for two dollars a month, I would make a living, it'd be yeah. ridiculous. My wife might let me move off of the couch, and I'm proud to say I am a Patreon supporter. There I appreciate
2: it at one of the very high levels.
1: Hmm, the thousands are, you very at, high. are you at the Surf with Murray
2: tier? Uh, you can Surf with Murray, I think it's 10 grand. Is that one of those things it's a where it's a lo- loser has to surf with Murray? It's one of those uh, things again? And Murray gets it, none of that money. <laughs> okay. I'm not that high. Not, I'm not high enough to surf with I'm Murray. I'm always
1: wondering when someone just will do that. Like someone, I, like, I'll call Murray funny. and go, yeah, we just got 10 grand. So get ready to fucking surf it up, buddy. But listen, if you have 10 grand to
2: put toward rock solid, don't worry about surfing with Murray because if you show up here- and Murray knows you surf or want to surf, you will go surfing with Murray. You, like, you won't even have a tier. choice. You
1: just ruined the tier. I'm just putting it out there. What if someone wins yeah. the lotto tomorrow yeah, just, and wants yeah. to surf with Murray and, and support me? I'm just asking questions, man. Right. I will give doing. Murray some of the money. He'll okay. get uh, he'll get a third. What does he need? His okay. wife's a,
2: you know Oscar-nominated. Murray needs money.
1: Know. We all need money. Okay, all right, whatever. Okay, so to close it out. Close it out. We're gonna and what are we? uh, We're at uh, two hours, two hours and five minutes. That's perfect. Daryl, thank you for sitting in on this. It was easy, nothing to prepare. I know, I liked it. I didn't even ask you about a celebrity interaction, but now we don't have time. That's okay. You do the artwork. It was Tammy Faye Baker. Tammy Faye Baker. Go ahead. All right. So, um, let me tell you about my last interaction. I'm going to tell it to you right now. Just hold your horses, and it's coming up. All right, so uh, many times I get an autograph and people, for example, Bruce Springsteen, people will see Bruce Springsteen's autograph on my wall and they'll say, what was it like to meet Bruce Springsteen? And I say, I didn't really meet Bruce Springsteen. I held my hand out and he signed my album. Now, I've met a lot of people when they're guests on the show and those are great interactions because I've spent time with them live in a studio and then they'll sign stuff for me that I would give away to listeners and keep for myself. But as far as out in the wild, my number one interaction with a celebrity, getting an autograph after a concert is hands down Art Garfunkel. Okay. I did the sting because I've told this story before. It was at the Wilshire theater. It's a big, long story. I'm going to keep it tight. Um, I was with Mike Siegel, got to sit in the fifth row sat next to Stephen Bishop, who was on the show with Siegel and I, and he gave us a side eye like, do I know you? And then we told him, he was like, oh, yeah, and then didn't talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he was very nice. So afterwards, we're waiting outside, outside of the Wheel Turn Theater. It's me and Siegel and about five other people that are way younger than us, and I'm, I don't even know that they knew of Art Garfunkel, especially not Art Garfunkel solo. Uh, A gentleman comes walking out. He's standing by us. He's an older gentleman, you know, paunch, little heavy. He has glasses on. We don't think a thing of him. He walks about 20 feet and his car is waiting. And right before he gets in his car, he takes his glasses off and he puts his sunglasses on. And that's when we realize that was Jack Nicholson. (laughs) So- Uh, Had we recognized him with just regular glasses on, we could have easily said hello and got a picture with Jack Nicholson. I know we could have. That's beside the point. He drives away. We wait for about 45 minutes. Siegel, as always, says, how much longer are you going to wait? And I say, well, I've already put in 45 minutes and I can see like I can see the town cars or the limo or whatever you want to call it. And we haven't seen Art Garfunkel exit yet. So I feel he's still here. So I said, I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. And and Mike leaves, Mike Bales. He's going to head home. So now it's me and these four other people. And they're kind of in a group chatting with each other. And I'm eagle eyeing it. I'm looking all over the place. And finally, I look, I look down and I see this guy come out of uh, the building. And he's tall. He's got glasses on. He's got a hat on. But from my vantage point, I believe this is Art Garfunkel. So I step over the chain that's there. He was trying to hide the, hide the Garfunkel hair. So I'm trying like. to hide. So I step over the chain and I start walking towards him. Now, the other people have not seen me do this. So it's just me. And I have two albums. I have Bridge Over Troubled Water and I have an album called Scissor Cut, which is an Art Garfunkel solo album. If you go to see an artist who's in a band solo... I always say, take uh, take the band he's famous for, but also take a solo album because they appreciate that. They know that you're a true fan or you're pretending to be whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking towards him. And as I get closer, it's 100% Art Garfunkel. And he sees me and he sees my two albums in my hand and he says, you waited all this time. And I said, yes. And he goes, get over here, which was so welcoming. So I get over to him and he says, he opens the door to his car just so he can lean on it. He's taller than me. And he says, he goes, he goes, hey, I've had a little bit of wine, so I'm just gonna lean here. And I said, that's fine with me. And he signs both albums. And then we talk for, I'm gonna say, at least 15 to 20 minutes and I'm just talking about music and I'm talking about songs I like and all different kinds of things and deep album cuts and so on. And at one point he goes, he goes, I can tell you're a real fan because you really know my work. And, uh, and I did. So we, we continue to talk. And then I don't know how long it's going to go on for because he's not breaking off. Yeah, so I hurry. I eventually say why well, I have to I have to get going you know so nice meeting you. all that stuff uh, I didn't didn't take a selfie I guess I could have we were there long enough but it was really great and the signatures are great and he personalized them Pat nice and they're both framed and hanging on the wall and uh, that's my number one I mean he's it's a great legend story. yeah Simon and Garfunkel right it's just a legend so that was uh that was my best celebrity interaction so with that. I'm gonna play a song from his first solo album from 1973. The album is called Angel Claire and the song is called All I Know. So Daryl, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you you guys for supporting the show with your ears and other ways. And here is All I Know by Art Garfunkel. Thanks.